I'm gonna put that on my uh, headstone. Yeah, no vitality. <laughs>the imperial scrolls of modern podcast i am josh folan and i am jeff burns and we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again uh we are back on the sega tip today sega challenge issue four only uh we did kind of we had the plan i think we 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 claimed we were gonna be doing issues four and five <laughs> uh the past couple of of episodes uh here and look at the timeline I slash we kind of decided that if we did issue five today, we wouldn't have a reason to be co- to come back to Sega, uh, or rather back to the Sega timeline for about eight months, <laughs> which seemed uh, I don't know I feel that like that was out of proportion it seemed to me. So uh, despite the fact there's only 16 pages in this baby, uh, there are plenty of new games and shit to talk about. So uh, I think we'll actually have an episode here when we're all done. I guess time will tell. <laughs> I, I bet we can put together a solid episode. Yeah. Uh, I have full faith in us as well. Uh, on that note, if you could please uh, stop the recording right now uh, and rate slash review this baby on whatever platform you're listening to. That would help us out a great deal. Uh, I'm assuming no one listens to the end of these, so I'm going to start saying this at the beginning uh, routinely, hopefully. <laughs> I've noticed like a few of my favorite podcasts, they start to pepper them in throughout. Right, yeah, you got uh, it. Because you no one listens to the end. Right, yeah, everyone knows it's just housekeeping shit at the end. So, right. I do the same thing. I am, I am, as I mentioned, I think, uh, uh, last episode, I am, I am just, just hot boxing the shit out of all 150 episodes of that time suck, uh, podcast uh with dan cummins and yeah the end of it you know every at the end of, i just literally last night i was thinking to myself as i turned off <laughs> with like five minutes left because i knew it was housekeeping shit right uh, but but he's smart enough to also mention the shit in the beginning too that's important so anyhow uh what we're playing now jab what are you playing now uh still subnautica i have this like weird thing about um about games that i like i did this with uh ah, what the fuck's that uh, dystopian underwater game. Um, it's like a first-person shooter. Fuck, why can't I think of this? Bioshock. Um, so it's not this. not the first time I've done this. I games that I like a lot. Once I realize I'm nearing the end of it, I stop playing. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But like, basically, uh, my 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 storyline in Subnautica progress to a point where I feel like now the, the end ball is rolling and like, you know, I'm basically on a timer. And uh, since I don't want it to end, I've just kind of pulled back from it a little bit. I'm going to finish it, but I'm also like, at, at a certain point it became like, um, uh, you remember Frank, right? My buddy Frank. Yeah. Um, him and I started like kind of playing that game together. So like, I want him to see the end. So I'm just kind of like waiting for an opportunity for him to be over and playing it with me so we can both kind of see how it turns out. Um, it's, very, it's very kumbaya, Jeff. Yeah, I'm I'm a super chill dude, man. Um, what else? I it's also it's also a very interesting habit uh, to to play these fucking uh, opuses to the end and then not wanna. I'm the opposite. Like I see the end and I'm like, let's fucking get this fucker over with. Because I know I think I mentioned it the last episode. I like there's a new Subnautica coming out. I think in October, which is actually a you know probably the the most appropriate and reasonable break I could take from the game. 
Um, but I feel like once I finish this this game, like I'm not gonna have. I- I'm gonna put it in one time, you know, in December when it's fucking negative twenty degrees outside. I can't do anything but play video games. I'll check out my base. I'll swim around, and then that will be the end. So it's. I don't want it to end, but it has to. Um, so yeah, that's so gonna it, be so it does have. It does. I mean, you've kind of. I, I think you're saying that already, and I believe you've kind of already touched on it. But just to reiterate, it does have like a homestead homesteading component to it. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, you you build your base, you put things in it, and like, um, you know, if, if you're an idiot and you don't know how to do these things, you know, I'll I'll put it this way actually building a good base can definitely help you manage the game easier. If you didn't build a good base or do certain things, then the game would certainly be harder. So it's definitely a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, what else? I threw fallout four in, uh, downloaded some real gun mods on my Xbox one. That's fun. Um, and then I threw some Civ 4 on last night and farted around a little bit. Um, but not a lot of video games recently. Yeah, the, I, that fucking little uh, Fallout 4 tangent uh, I tried to go on with the heightened role-playing thing did not... I couldn't stick with it. It's that game... I just, yeah, Fallout yeah. 4, it's not... It's not great. Yep. Compared uh, you know to that, that new game's... Uh, that, uh, not to get into like a topic that isn't really what we're talking about, but there's that new... Uh, RPG that's coming out from uh, Obsidian. Have you heard about that? I have not. I think it's well, called. Maybe not. Anyways, uh, I think it's called uh, the Outer Worlds or the Outer World or something. And it's I, I it seems like it was it's being made by like a bunch of disgruntled's not the right word, but like basically Obsidian or former. I don't know how this works exactly, but basically like the people that worked on Fallout that made the Fallout games role-playing and like actually what we know them as um they're making their own game that's none of this fucking fallout 4 voice acting animated face bullshit um they're getting as far as i understand straight to the point and making like a raw and gritty uh space frontier rpg uh so, so space frontier huh that's interesting it's like space wild wild west but you should tell everybody what you're playing recently instead of me me talking the whole fucking time no that that's interesting that 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 could be inter- that could be fun um that's said like yeah, you know i've said before sci-fi maybe you know it depends with me on sci-fi but if if done well and it's gritty and kind of dystopian at all that that might be enough to to get me into it yeah i think <laughs> it's going to be like more like fallout 3 in new vegas than anything else and it is called the outer worlds Word. Yeah, no, I have not seen that. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, I've seen. There's a few games coming out that I've, I've seen. That Divinity Sin uh, game I mentioned, Divinity Sin mm-hmm. Two, that I was playing. Uh, the team that did that has a new like, strategy, uh, turn-based kind of RPG type deal coming out that I'm pretty fired up about. I can't think of the name offhand, so it's kind of useless information too. Um, what are you gonna do? Anyways, yeah, what we're playing now. Uh, so. <laughs> Still uh, fucking around with Mario Odyssey. Bloom counts up to 555. Uh, I got to, like, the real, like, you know, like I said, Bowser is not the end uh, of the game. Um, It is just a step in the direction of it. And I got to the actual end of of the game, and (laughs) it looked like I took one whack at it, and it was like this lava-based fucking deal that, like, it just looked... It's so daunting mm-hmm. uh, that after dying once, I just turn the machine off, and I like I'm sure I'll probably get. I hope, anyways, that I'll get around to really 
doing it, tackling it. Uh, but I think it's going to take some serious big swing and dick gamer shit to topple it. And <laughs> and I don't know if, if it's possible, honestly. Uh, from that one crack I took, it looked borderline fucking impossible. So I think once you get into like something like that, I, I understand what you're saying. It's like such a daunting undertaking that it's like, nah, man, I, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, I've, I've already got 555 fucking <clears throat> moons. Like, what what am I possibly going to glean right. out of out of completing this nearly seemingly impossible task? Uh, we'll see, though. A sense of satisfaction. Yeah, maybe. Or what, what did EA call it when they were? Oh God, the the serious gamers listening right now are they know what I'm talking about? But there was like some loot box deal, and the community called <clears throat> EA out on it. And EA was like, oh, well, we left him in for some reason to, like, give the community a sense of accomplishment when they get these things. And people went fucking insane on them for saying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, once again, no, hates, lots of... hates EA these days. So. Yeah, that's an easy one. It's like kicking <laughs> puppy. Uh, lots of useless information today from us so far. <laughs> well, we'll wait till we get to this issue of Sega Challenge. Somebody <laughs> said something about this one game. I can't remember what was said or what game it was, but <laughs> they did the say something. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of maybe sort of was interesting. Uh, I, yeah, the the other notable thing, I, I actually I picked Red Dead back up, and my story count is now at 90%. Uh, I think I kind of beat it. Uh, it's got... Um, or the mains, I guess, you know, it's, it's I'm, like I'm hesitant to even like really explain this because I think it's a little bit of a spoiler no matter what. But mm. like there's like a main storyline deal. And I think I finished that. Uh, and then there's weird shift afterwards in the storyline and kind of the way the game works. And at first it just seemed like it was relegating me to doing all these really, really mundane tasks that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how am I transitioning from that, like, big ramp up and narrative shit going on? And then now I'm just doing, like, it's like the story is doing dumb shit. And I'm right. just like, you know what? But I think what actually is happening is I'm being tricked into homesteading in this game. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so that's why, that's why I was asking about Subnautica. I thought it was funny and significant that you were talking about that. Because I, I like it, it is, I think it was teaching me how to build my own fucking camp, you know, from Man, scratch. I bet you it is. And, and, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, 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 I haven't, I, I have picked it back up a couple of times since that happened. So mm-hmm. I can't say that it totally turned me off. But I also, as I'm doing it at times, I'm kind of like, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> right. <clears throat> I'm like, I go back and it's a thing now with games. It, it, like Skyrim did it with that one DLC, useless information. I can't tell you which one. Is it Hearthstone? Was that the yeah, DLC? Yeah, the, build the house, right. And it's fuck. It's it's cool for a minute, but like at, at a certain point, and it happened That's, in Fallout 4. That didn't happen to have enough nuance. Like, I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, like, conceptually, it was awesome right. uh, in Skyrim. But the actual, uh, you know, it was you were just checking boxes. There was no real customization. Like, you could only put yeah. this one thing on that one part. You know what I mean? It was like, right. it was very, very uh, limited customization. Uh, it was, it, it, there was not a lot of variation to it. Railroading? Was it railroading people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Railroad. You know what railroading is, right? You must. You're like a story guy. Uh, well, just like going right over someone. Like, what do you well, mean? Well, railroading would be like if you were like playing D and D and like 
I was the DM and you were like, I want to go to the store. I was like, on your way oh, to the yeah. store, you are forced into the church. You know, like I made you, I railroaded you to the church and you didn't want to go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I've never, I haven't heard that term, Jeff, as, as a story yeah. guy. Never well, you shouldn't railroad it. You should let it go naturally and spontaneously. Hopefully, yes. Um, what the fuck are we even talking about? I don't know. We should probably just go to the magazine. Yeah, let's do That was the Double Dragon opening theme, um, bringing us into this section. I had to, uh, I'm glad I did a double take and checked, because when I was looking for Double Dragon music, I just typed in Double Dragon and, like, you know, started sorting through the ones that I wanted, you know, that I'm familiar with, and it occurred to me that the music's probably different for... For each system, right? For each system, so I had to go and find the Sega, and it's drastically different, in fact. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't uh, pull a stupid there and um, go with the NES music. Yeah, we'd we'd have been we'd have been roasted. (laughs) Yeah, we would. They would have been at the 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 villagers are at the gates with the pitchforks and torches. (laughs) And this is probably it for you, Jeff. Right, Uh, because we are doing Sega, and this is Sega Challenge issue four here. Uh, And Ron can't get his shit straight. Because uh, it's not actually Sega Challenge in this case, uh, as it was the last two. Uh, we have actually another name change, and now it's just called the Sega, the Team Sega Newsletter. Right. Uh, and that is now three changes <laughs> uh, that we've had. Did they in... mention it? I don't remember them no. mentioning Yeah, there's yeah not you even can't a... just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, when we get to the letter, I think there's like there's there's like an allude that they you know they allude to the changes, uh, but they don't necessarily specify them, um, uh, matter of factly. Right. Um, and yeah, just the in general, the the name Team Sega Newsletter is not very fun. But we did have the whole uh, discussion about Sega Challenge that it's kind of like what exactly is this about <laughs> you know right uh and team sega newsletter while boring is very straightforward and lets you know what the hell you're dealing with here so yeah eh, whatever uh thunderblade is on the cover and it is a they call it a review of sega's hot new helicopter combat game and also we have and enter the dungeon adventure fantasy world of fantasy star and this is fall of 88 uh, is is the the timestamp on this baby, and I thought it was fun. Uh, as it's kind of been one of the more interesting things about these issues as we started to go through him here. Here is noticing whom the scan that we have belonged to. <laughs> so uh, who do you have? Because I, I think I went on. I'm I'm on the internet for this. I didn't use whatever files that you might have sent. Okay. Uh, Terrence Micaroni of Staten Island, New York. And I, okay. Yeah, that's who I got. Okay, great. And so the uh, Google uh, a Google dive turned up some fun shit with this dude. Uh, Terrence has a couple of YouTube channels, uh, and one of them is on classic gaming, no less. No shit. So yeah. he, he got with it and stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, he still yeah, one hundred percent. Did you yeah. message him about? Uh, the I, did, I did not message him. No, we maybe we should. Yeah, uh, definitely should. He had like some of the the stuff, the specific things that I found that were pretty goddamn fun. Uh, he has a fifty second trailer for his personal channel. So he has like so yeah, he has two channels. He has a personal YouTube channel, uh, and then an actual uh, classic gaming uh, specific channel. 
Uh, but the trailer on his personal channel is fucking great, dude. It's like so how funny. so? Oh, he's got pictures straddling his late eighties Mustang. It's just like it's very, you know, like the kind of dude you would assume would have be into classic gaming, uh, and have kind of this very rudimentary YouTube channel about it. Uh, it's like a, just a trailer for that human being. <laughs> He's a white dude. He's got sunglasses on. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's whatever. Uh, there's a gun involved. I see. <laughs> oh, I like him already. <laughs> uh, so he's, that's fun. I'll put that link in the show notes for yeah, sure. Yeah, we got to contact him definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, and his game channel uh, uh, will be in the show notes too, uh, just like the actual channel link. Um, so hats off, yeah, hats off to you, bro. Thanks for being as sick in the head as we are and preserving uh, this game relic. The the issue, I mean, specifically because I'm sure he took the initiative to do, you know, probably send it to uh, what's that website, RetroGameMags.com or whatever. This is Sega Retro where I'm seeing it. Dot okay. org. Well, there, there's a, a lot of these I've pulled from. I'm sure they get shared or whatever. Platform, you know, to the different websites and stuff. Right. But yeah, the one I usually use is I think it's retromags.com and uh, or retrogamemags.com, maybe it's called. Uh, so where you? Know, however, he, I'm sure he was the one that took the initiative to scan this baby. If he has a game channel, it was probably not exactly talk- somebody found this and then did it. Right. Yeah, it's probably right. his, his initiative. So uh, great fucking job, Terrence. You're the man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that it, like I, I mean, he obviously saved this from around fall of '88 or so, and like to think that one day it would be part of a fucking podcast. Like, who even knows what that is? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. just become this like part of this like whole new form of media that like is much more accessible to the general public, and it's crazy. Like, I think when I'm playing Civ Four sometimes, and I see like, you know, I'm playing as uh, a Boudica. For the Celts or, or the the Celtic civilization, and you're like Jesus. Like, how would you even explain this to Boudica? Like, okay, you are this animated. What the fuck is that like, <laughs> thing in this video game? What the fuck is that? Right. That's on like, and it moves. It's it's weird. It's yeah. This is cool as fuck. Actually, that he actually stuck with it. And uh, yeah, that's rad. Yep. For sure. For sure. So that gets us off the cover, and <laughs> on the inside cover we have an ad, a full pager. Uh, that is pretty fucking wild, man. It's uh, it's called the Pro Play Home Arcade, and uh, the easiest way to, to 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 distill it down is it's a video game console cabinet uh, that some dude was probably building in his garage <laughs> to to resemble an arcade cabinet, uh, and it's they they are willing to ship it to any door in the lower forty eight states uh, for an all in price of two forty nine ninety nine. Um, and there's a lot going on in this ad, man. Uh, the first thing that I would probably bring up is it's Super Mario Brothers 1 in the product photography. <laughs> I almost lost my fucking mind when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, you'd think Sega would fucking take issue with that. I uh, was like, there's no quality control. Like, fuck you guys. No wonder <laughs> Nintendo's beating you. <laughs> yeah, like... When you give big, them free advertising like yeah, this. Yeah, you're advertising. And, you know, and I get... Yeah, exactly. Like Nintendo would 100% not stand for this, and it would never be fucking never happen in Nintendo Power or um, uh, Nintendo Fun Club News. It would just never happen. Uh, and I get that this, you know, it's a cross-platform product. They have a Nintendo, they have a Sega version, they even have a fucking Atari 7800 version, uh, Sega Master System. So, yeah, they, they yeah they have they have different versions for all three major game companies, game console companies. So I get that, like, you know, it's probably the fucking ad and like they didn't 
you know, like it's a dude in his garage. He probably didn't look and he didn't have another option and he was right. willing to pay for advertising space and Sega needed that and was like, all right, let's do it. Oh, um, it. So I get that, but yeah, it is just, it's just like, you know, it goes back. Yeah. The general disparity and just uh, focusing on maintaining the brand and the integrity of it. There, there is, there is no doubt a disparity between the two companies. Uh, and I think this highlights it pretty glaringly you know yeah definitely i mean like you you must have had like a couple months to put together this magazine like you couldn't get a screenshot with a sega game uh well yeah i mean like i said they you know they clearly i don't know man there's got to be a way to figure it out it it is (laughs) to think like another thing that that's on this page and you already mentioned it that stood out to me was delivery to the lower 48 states for our younger listeners out there (laughs) There was a time when, like, Alaska and Hawaii were actually just too far away. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Amazon, yeah. if you lived in Hawaii, Amazon would not deliver to you because are you going to pay the $300 of shipping Yeah. for your fucking HDMI cable? No, you're not. So you don't get an HDMI cable. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of... Yeah, time, yeah that is, that's, a, that's a funny observation. Yeah, I didn't even think of... I mean, the, just the, the phrase lower 48 is yeah something that i doesn't even get said anymore i don't necessarily you know uh, very at least sparingly uh, i want to say like around like 93 i stopped seeing that <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's definitely not prominent anymore and it used to be a big deal because yeah shipping to alaska uh even even aside from the distance but just like the infrastructure probably did not exist in alaska to you know like it just there was probably a lot of reasons behind that uh right. beyond just the actual physical distance but um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I uh, the thing about this the the fact that one for Atari seventy eight hundred even exists is funny to me. I would like to know sales numbers. <laughs> I would like to know the sales numbers of this thing in general. But when, I would really like to know the difference between like N- Nintendo and the Atari one because you know what are the odds that anyone who skimped on their system in the first place is going to uh, go spend that money? <laughs> you're right. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm sure there are, you know there are probably uh, there was probably a sect of just Atari uh, disciples <laughs> that that, right. that that got on board for the twenty six hundred and like stayed with them even through all those lesser systems. And that's uh, what we're doing. We're Atari guys, right? Fuck these so. Newcomers. I'm sure there's some, and some of those people probably had money, uh, so maybe. Uh, but I bet it was a comically small number. Yeah, like four. <laughs> right. It, uh, yeah, because it's and, big, and so. What, what is this? This is uh, it's two. What do we come up with? Back uh, late eighties is just about double for inflation. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I want to say so. so this cost want, you about five hundred, a little over five hundred bucks. Right. And that's why no, no, definitely not. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. Again, yeah, look at it from a child standpoint, like because you know there there was still what this is. I you know it's not. I don't even goes without saying it's a replication of the arcade experience and consoles were a new enough thing where there was probably a large group of people who like were emotionally latched on to the arcade experience and like whereas now console you know arcade experience is the lesser of the two uh ways of experiencing video games back then that wasn't the case so turning the home experience into that thing that you like to go out of the house and do probably was a much more attractive thing just in general. But um, yeah, it is still just an incredibly uh, a luxury purchase for no, no doubt. Um, yeah. That's yeah. A good point. I never thought of it like that. It's, it's, it's the other way around now. Like Tommy has uh, like that arcade machine. He probably never been over his house. Have you? 
No, I have not. He has an arcade. I, th- I think it might actually just be like Street Fighter. Like, and it was down in his basement. I don't know where it is. It's a new house. But yeah, it's, it's full like. Full on cabinet? What's that? Oh, he has a full on arcade cabinet at home? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> that's my point is like, it's a novelty the other way now. Right. You know, whereas, uh, yeah. you know, I, I never thought of like, yeah, like that was how people typically. I, w- I should say that's how the world would have experienced video games was like arcades first and then it went home. Yep. And then that became the prominent thing. So yeah, you would have might you may have been trying to replicate that experience. That's a good point. Sure. Yeah. A buddy of mine they have they do uh buddy of mine has a <clears throat> it's like uh you, you know, you've seen the tabletop ish ones where it's like the two player deal, uh that some bars still have and stuff, or seen some of the barcades in particular. Where yeah, it's like yeah. like Pac Man or some you know, some of the older games and like, you know, the the screen you can play it from both sides and you, there's sit down deals. Um they sell uh, that's probably on like Etsy, that's like an Etsy type thing, I think. Uh, and they probably sell them elsewhere too. But um, you know, we're basically it's it's every it's like you know uh, it's a probably a Mame or equivalent arcade emulator that's built into one of those tabletops. So you have a two player like play a million fucking arcade old school arcade games on a tabletop thing that you can buy for your home uh that i've seen a buddy of mine has that i, I can't remember how much he said it was you know it's, it was not it was an amount of money i was like wow that's not that much uh yeah it was, like it i could actually greatest, see myself maybe right yeah it wasn't the greatest of quality but it was cool that you could just have that at home uh because those are very cool you know um, anyhow, back to the ad. The uh, there's a no CODs on this order form. Sorry, Jab. I know that's your preferred mode of payment. <laughs> it's it's the easiest. <laughs> it's the easiest. Uh, CODs. What a wild and antiquated concept. The idea that like something gets comes comes to your door and you hand whoever this human being is a bunch of cash and that's requisite for you to get your package. Like. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like think yeah. about that from the delivery man's perspective. Yeah, now he's got to deal with cash. Like, oh my it, god, now I'm a mobile a, cashier. Fuck you. Yeah, here's a, here's a question. Did you have to have exact change for that? Right? Does he carry change? Like, what's the? And now he's probably gonna get robbed. Like, <laughs> like honestly, the the smart play would be to do like to buy this thing, have him deliver it, give him two hundred and fifty dollars, and then rob his ass when he's down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a not a bad racket. Right. Uh, if you were uh, a dickhead, that's like it, it would work. I promise you. It'll be a good scheme. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. This, yeah. It probably used to be a lot more dangerous to be a UPS man. <clears throat> um. All these attractive features for the extremely attractive price of two forty nine ninety nine is funny marketing verbiage. <laughs> All the, I didn't even see that vibe breezed over it. All these it. attractive features for the extremely attractive price. Uh, yeah, that's not the best copywriting. Um, yeah. All right. In general, though, uh, I love the hypothetical of asking Mad Mike for this circa eighty nine. Like, wh- it would have been a real gas. <laughs> so this would have been fall eighty eight. So in theory, maybe Christmas eighty eight. Right, yeah, yeah. Which would have made you eight years old, which is very appropriate for something like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was only four, so like, yeah, that's not a thing. But yeah, he would have lost his fucking mind. Yeah, the space. Where does this go? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Where does this go at the house? Uh, yeah, that would be funny. Um, so, oh no, it would have been. Yeah, that has sucked. Yeah. I, I can just picture the whole conversation, and, and like, even if we got it, oh, it would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's, I, yeah. Oh fuck! I don't even want to. Fucking drunkenly trying to assemble it. <laughs> right, and then, like you know, like he paid for it, and it's probably taking up space in the garage. So like his friends are gonna want to play it when they're out partying, be kicking us off of it and shit, and they don't know what they're. Oh, what a nightmare! Yeah, what a nightmare! I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't happen too. 
so get into the next thing. We get uh, the letter from the editor type deal, and holy shit, we lost Ron, man. Yeah, Ron, I Ron, Ron got canned, uh, which I'm sure has a huge part uh, in the name change, too. Um, but John Sauer is now the editor-in-chief. Uh, he calls himself the Sega Team Kahuna, and we have a letter from him, of course, uh, that is mostly trying to pitch setting up the Gamer Network's sleeper cells, the Gamer Network sleeper cells, Sega Gamer Network sleeper cells, uh, ripping off Nintendo's Fun Club idea, basically. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying to do the physical club deals uh, to, yeah, you know, I don't know. Make the, make the Sega fucking community a more prominent thing and in turn sell more units, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I get it. Uh, Nintendo's doing it. Uh, video games are kind of <laughs> new. You don't really know what you're doing. So, like, if Nintendo's doing it, fuck it, we'll do it too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this fucker closes out with a super off-color remark about not saying the N-word yeah. to close out to close the letter out. Uh, get a fucking clue, John. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't give a shit what the climate was. Like, that is, it's, that's, that's wild to me. That is incredibly crazy. And it's, uh, com- like, I, it, it's, there's no reason for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's not, yeah, it's not even, it's not funny. It's not clever. It's not. I got to the end and I was like, okay, maybe I missed like a subtle racial joke, like went through and scanned it again. And I was like, no, literally. <laughs> it does not make it better if there's an earlier racial joke that turns this into a callback. <laughs> no, it's not that it would make it better, but at least it would make some kind of sense. Like its presence, I would be like, okay, I, I guess like with that context, like this could be there. You shouldn't have done it, but whatever. This would be like your cashier at McDonald's. Like you get your value meal and they're like, hey, and by the way, remember, don't say the N-word. Like <sighs> that is just so what the yeah. fuck? Dude? Yeah, bad. Really bad. Uh but like you said, it was a different time. Like uh, Yeah, but fuck, man, it wasn't that different. Uh, it's and, it's not acceptable, but like people did shit like that back then, and like it, it's just surprising to see it so suddenly here. I don't know at the corporate level, man. I don't know, man. That's not. You think even at the I, I think at the corporate level, this is eighty eight, dude. This is not fucking. 68. It was a different time. It was like, a different time, but it was I'm, not. Again, it was not. To be clear, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but I think <laughs> like corporate probably had people that kind of like. I'm not saying that this guy is racist or anything. I, I'm just saying that like. I can see how that gets through. It does not get through today. Like, and thank God, like we need to stop that shit. But yeah, it's fucking weird, dude. That's <laughs> yeah, really weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, I think that, like I thought also, I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. I'm no, no. A lot today, but I, I kept trying to think that there was like another N word that was like, uh, what, what am I trying to say here? Another word that started with the letter N that, was in this little letter to open the magazine. So, like, I thought it might have been some dumb shit, like, are you gonna play Sega over Nintendo? No. Like, or, like, are you gonna play Nintendo over Sega? No. Yeah, no, I mean, I, know, it, I didn't say that, that it would be a callback, and, like, that would make it a somewhat decent joke then, right. uh, at least. But, but there yeah. was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> so weird. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, yeah, fucking bad. Uh, and the last thing he's trying to accomplish here is doing damage control over the mag moniker, uh, the fucking, you know, the name change, and that the, sh- the shit show that that is. And he's asking for fucking people to send in ideas. So he's not even, this third change, they're still not settled. They want to change it We're again. We're not done. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, and, I've, and, and I've dropped some racism on you. And we're going to change the magazine <laughs> yeah, name again. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I haven't looked ahead to issue five, but if I had to guess, we're going to have a different fucking uh, opening letter guy here. John Sawyer <laughs> yeah. can't be around long. Yeah. Long live Ron, fucking John, fucking sinking the ship on his first fucking day on the job. Right. <laughs> put out in there. The, the executives are like, get fucking Ron on the phone. <laughs> Call right, give him whatever he wants. <laughs> One of that raise, he fucking got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I wonder what John Sawyer, did you Google him? Uh, I did not. No, I didn't. Yeah, that was stupid. I'm going to do it not. right now because you're not as smart as I am. <laughs> uh, and and part of this kind of his uh, I assume anyways an extension of his now being on the job we have a lot of rebrandings in the say you know the uh, throughout the whole magazine actually we have a lot of rebrandings with the section names and et cetera et cetera uh, and they've rebranded the mailbag and tips and tricks section to Sega Input uh, which I kind of actually like that because it, it is a double entendre of I don't know I just think of like in you know like, uh, controller input you know I don't know I just it it, it had more significance than just a random choice to me, uh, in my opinion. It had some tech entendre to it. Um, so that's on page four here. It's up next. And uh, I didn't find uh, a single word of interesting copy on this page. Uh, <laughs> did, did anything jump out to you? <laughs> the uh, which one? Sorry, I'm I'm on my uh, John Sawyer uh, rabbit hole here. Input page, the, the the letters and the tips and tricks and shit. Did anything at all jump out to you? No, I just looked for my Ohio people, and that was it. It all yeah. seemed very. I read, uh, I read it all, and it was not. There was literally nothing interesting on there. No. I, I I didn't like super read it. Like I said, I was looking for Ohio, but um, yeah, I figured that this was like we get this a lot in the Nintendo issues where it's just like, I went to the wall and I punched it three times with A and it opened up. Like yeah, man, that's, <laughs> that's all right. Up. Uh, instruction manual fodder, basically. Uh, right. There are, yeah, there are, despite the, the copy not having much going on, there are a lot of uh, new games that we we haven't seen here. There is uh, the first Wonder Boy, which we talked about. We actually haven't fucked with. We, we fucked around with two, but we haven't fucked around with one. Uh, there's Great Football here, so their first football game. Uh, Alien Syndrome, Gangsterland, uh, and Aztec Adventure. So a bunch of really generic-sounding names, uh, <clears throat> which is not necessarily uncommon for the Sega game lineup, but I did fuck around with them also just going through them uh, and to give us maybe some, uh, other than us rambling, some substance to this episode. <laughs> uh, the first Wonder Boy, uh, as I mentioned, is the predecessor to Wonder Boy in Monsterland that we saw on the last Sega go-round, and it is a side-scrolling platformer as well. Uh, I fired it up, and it looked uh, a lot like Adventure Island on NES, and so I did a little research, and lo and behold, it the wiki said it is exactly that. <laughs> it is oh, no shit. Sure. Yeah, it is the it's the port of the NES title, uh, uh, or rather maybe the NES version is the port uh, of the, the same game, basically. Uh, yeah, and as far as the gameplay goes, I tripped over three rocks and got a no vitality message on the screen uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I, I think means you're dead. Uh, and I'm it, gonna put that on my uh, headstone. Yeah, no vitality. Jeff Burns, uh, October 22nd, 1984. Whenever I died, no vitality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the game sucked uh, in general, but that was fun. Uh, I forgot um, about Adventure Island. That's a cool game. It yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not bad. I don't. I, like I, it, I, I, I never. I, I only played it a handful of times. I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't express a strong opinion about it but I just, it's one of those games in my mind that like i feel like it was around a lot and people it, it was you know i don't know it was it was early on in their game lineup and it has 
some sort of clout to it just because it's been around for it was it was uh, an early game uh kind of like kid icarus where same kind of deal we're like Everyone has a thing for it, I think, just because there wasn't a lot of options when it came out, and I didn't act when I actually played it, I wasn't at all impressed. Um, But I haven't picked it back up yet uh, for this little fucking excursion that we're on, and maybe my opinion will change when I do so. Uh, The great football game. First of all, did you you fucking even download that goddamn game thing, you fucker? Uh, No, I didn't. But I did look up uh, gameplay for a few of these games, and uh, yeah, great football was one of them. Oh my god, dude, this game. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? I would like my recommend. It's hard to say at the time because you, you don't have enough distance from the events to have the context that you need. But like, you almost wish you could tell them, like, just pat them on the back and be like, good try, buddy, but just don't. Yeah, keep this one at home. Like, uh, NES has Tech Mobile, dude. Just stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, uh, which, you know, I don't know. I don't think Tech Mobile is out yet. I okay. They they they're going to have Tech Mobile. It's it's close though. I mean, it's it's definitely not far away from this. You're uh, fucked, buddy. Yeah, for, like yeah. your football aspirations are over. Yeah, I mean, I think you might be comparing. You might want to be comparing, especially because I, you know, Sega's just like a little, they're kind of just like emulating and a little bit behind in general. I think, uh, as far as the game game options go, uh, like I you know, we've said more than once already. I think the the hardware is better on the Sega side at the, even right. at this stage, but the actual game design and shit is not. Uh, anyways, the uh, I think we're comparing, we're probably comparing this to like 10 yard fight, I think maybe, which is not also a shit show, you know? Yeah. Um, or like generic NES football. Right. Uh, yeah. So the, uh, yeah. So they're both suck, <laughs> but uh, so they're, they're, it's, it was, they, they have an AFC and an NFC conference option set. Uh, but then the teams are not NFL teams, which to me was a little ballsy. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, dude, I, I guess I, I feel like AFC and NFC also must be trademarked shit. Like, exactly. I, like if you're going to break the trademark, just go for it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Did you see the, what was it, six teams they had? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had, I think six teams. What was your team? Uh, I can't remember what I picked it. I didn't even write it down. It was fucking, you know, I don't know. Was, whatever whatever mascot I thought was the funniest. Is it was poor note taken on your part, which is what it was. Um, well, dude, I, I didn't even. The whole thing is I didn't even get the game to start working really. Uh, like the, it, I couldn't. Once the game started, I didn't. I wasn't. I couldn't. I don't think I was even controlling what was happening. It didn't seem like. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to say the ROM didn't work or the game didn't work, but I couldn't figure out how to work it, and that meant I was just kind of like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't have, I only have so much fucking time. Like whatever. Right. Uh, it was definitely not good. I knew that for fucking certain. Um, so yeah, that is, and just kind of to, I guess to give it the through line. This is part of their great sports series there's a bunch of games that just have that great <laughs> prefix right. to them uh and this is the football version i, I think golf we looked at for the last say you go around uh alien syndrome was that was the other one and this is a run and gun with a simultaneous couch co-op feature which i'm always a huge fan of as i've mentioned many times uh and this is not terrible man uh it's a little reminiscent of akari warriors to be honest with you right. um but it's more manageable uh, in the kind of, you know, the chaos and dying constantly thing. It's not as uh, bad in that regard. Uh, and this has a, a focus on rescuing hostages, too. It's not just get through. The, it's not a scroller, necessarily. It's like you have screens, and you have to deal with the aliens that appear and then also rescue guys, go to the next screen. Okay. Um, and the aliens are very H.R. Geiger-esque. Uh, of course they are. Yeah, yeah of course they are. Right. Oh, of course yeah. they are. Um, 
It's not bad. The art's not bad. The game, I mean, it, it could be... It, couch co-op in particular could definitely be fun in that regard. Uh, but I got through the first stage. I was able to, you know, stick with it that long. And I got to a boss battle that uh, face-fucked me pretty badly. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get past that. But uh, it was relatively fun. And uh, I think there could be something there. It wouldn't be the most exciting thing to play. Uh, but it, it was... It have some shit going on, at least, that made it kind of intriguing. All right. Uh, did you? Was that one of the videos you looked at by chance? No, it was not. I, I looked at video for uh, Great Football and Aztec Adventure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aztec Adventure. Uh, hell no. Just no. <laughs> hell no. I, I didn't think it looked all that bad. Actually. Oh, it was bad, dude. It sucked. It so was like you a, played it. Yeah, it's top-down oh, okay. real-time action adventure game with like very kitty sprites and art. Right. Uh, just fucking no, man. It was. I, no. It struck me. It almost kind of reminded me of. Uh, like and I know that it wouldn't be this good, but like you know, my uh, the idealist in me wanted it to be that good. It, it kind of looked like a little bit of a Final Fantasy adventure for Game Boy. No swords, walking, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah not. I know it's not, but I wanted it to be. I mean, the, yeah, well, you know, I mean, as far as the actual like. Yeah, top-down, real-time action adventure. Like, yes, <laughs> that is what Final Fantasy Adventure was. Yes. But Final Fantasy Adventure was way fucking better on the quality of that experience, um, yeah. basically. Um, so, yeah, the idea of it, not bad, but the uh, application, bad. Uh, when I looked up a little bit on that, it I think, so in Japan it was released as Nazca 88, which I guess, <clears throat> and I think that they, they even said that it was... Uh, in Japan, it was released as Nazca 88. Here, it was released as Aztec Adventure, and they like redid it to reflect like a more um, Aztec or Mesoamerican feel mm-hmm. than it would have been with Nazca. So, um, what, what, and, what was the deal? Like, it was so. It was, it was you saying it was more generic? <laughs> no, like for instance, like I guess I don't know what the Nazca cover is, but I know on the Aztec Adventure cover. Um, it's got this like kind of jaguar warrior looking right, Aztec yeah. thing, and, and that wouldn't necessarily be a thing that would work in, in, in for Nazca. Right. Yeah, right. Okay, well, Nazca would be southern uh, South America, but um, the point being is like they. It seems like they did change it, so um, that's interesting to localize. Yeah, to localize it. Right. And it, it's weird <sighs> that went through the trouble. Uh, well, you know, fucking. <laughs> It's business, dude. Sales. How can we make this more attractive right, to that? Like, did, did they sell more Aztec adventures because they put that Jaguar Warrior rendition on there and took away a Nazca? And, I bet they know, didn't. And... I bet they didn't sell many Aztec adventures, regardless of what they put on that cover. They didn't sell <laughs> probably about four, just like that fucking happened <laughs> with the Atari. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the last one of these, Gangster Town, is a Zapper game. Uh, it looked terrible in the long play video I watched, and the entire long play video was only eight minutes and thirty five seconds. So that tells you how much value was in, the, in that card. Long play, a real eight, long one. Eight minutes, eight and a half minutes of total fucking play. That had to be a bummer if you bought that fucker. God, can you imagine? Like, like, I buy bad games now. Like, I guess I don't actually buy it. If I bought a bad game now, I'd be so bummed. But I remember getting bad games for, like, gift occasions. And, like, yeah, if you end up with fucking Gangsterland for Christmas, oh, my God. Sucks. Yeah, you, you got an uncle. Fucking got a, year. Got an uncle who's really into the Godfather movies, and he just thinks that that's, this must be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, you like can't watch Godfather with me yet, but he can play Gangsterland. No, I can't. Uh, yeah, I still get bad games. Like that, that uh, what was it called? The Darkest Dungeon, I think it's called. 
was a Switch game I bought. That was, I think it was, I want to say, I might have got it on sale, but I think the, the sticker price for it's like 20 but it was not cheap. Uh, it was definitely not like a $5, $10 deal. Um, so I spent a little bit of money on it, relatively speaking. And like the idea of it, of this like turn-based dungeon crawling RPG type deal where you have these three guys and the whole, I think I told you about this when I got it. The idea of it is that you, like your characters um, basically go crazy. Like the, 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 the turmoil, the emotional turmoil, the emotional and psychological turmoil of going through these crazy ass catacombs and the demons and shit that you deal with have psychological effects on your characters. And they, uh, you are constantly battling almost in the, you also have real, you know, like damage, like vitality. <laughs> vitality, uh, yeah. You don't want to go uh, no vitality. Yeah, so they can just die from the physical trauma that they experience, but they can also go crazy and, and become less useful or entirely useless um, psychologically because oh. of the thing. You know? And like that idea is really cool, you know, sure. uh, and, 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 you know, undone to my knowledge. So it was very, very you know, and the art looked cool. It was kind of like this. I don't know how to describe the art, but it looked cool, and uh, it was very appealing on the service to me, and I got into it, and I was like, ah, oh, this is like, because you're basically loose, you're constantly switching characters. There's no continuity to your, and that's part of the deal. Like, the idea is you come back from even a successful mention, and even the people who lived need to, like, spend time in this fucking, uh, um, the nut house to, like, get their shit straight emotionally, <laughs> you oh, know, shit, before they can sounds go, cool as hell, actually. Yeah, exactly, before they can go back out. But what it really turns into is there's no continuity in your parties, and you're not really building... Because, you know, part of the, the appeal of RPGs is, like, you're building these characters into more formidable um, tools for you to get through the storyline, right? right? And and this uh, it really hinders your ability to do that. I, I, I don't know. I find I found it really unappealing in that regard. Right. Um, you want the characters to be there and like watch them grow. And if you constantly have to like deposit them in the fucking nut house, like that's not. And like you know, you deposit in the nut house, and the only, and like you know, people die too, like very <clears throat> wizardry esque, and that doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I thought I actually thought of wizardy when you said that. I was like, yeah. it sounds like a thing you do in yeah. wizard. They, it actually it, it tells you. There's like I, I think I told you this too when I got it. Like when you first turn the game on, it tell it gives you this like disclaimer almost like this shit is hard. You are not, you know, it is it. You, People are going to die. You are going to lose characters. Do not become attached to these motherfuckers because they are expendable. Oh. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, like, sure, you read that. And like, yeah, okay, yeah, I read the description. Let's go. <laughs> but you get into it in real application, and it was frustrating. Uh, I, I basically got to kind of like a dead-end thing. Like, I got to a place where I my only options of what I was able to do adventure-wise required characters that I did not have access to uh, because of, I guess... I had fucked up too much or something, you know, and like I had spent way too much time <laughs> to just go back uh, and fucking start over, I guess, you know, and right. I just haven't played it since. So, and this is all in Gangsterland. Yes, that's all in Gangsterland. <laughs> it's a fucking it sounds great. Man. <laughs> Can't believe Sega was doing that. Yeah, we're very forward thinking. Uh, no way. Yeah. So, so the next thing is uh, a full pager for Parker Brothers is where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, and this is actually why I have so many notes. I think. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, for this. 16 pages is, is the tangent that this sent me down because this is a very significant title in my life. It, it, well, first of all, it's funny because we gave them so much shit for their fixation on Far Parker Brothers and in particular Monopoly, but this is an extension of that partnership. Parker Bro this is Parker Brothers <laughs> licensed. Broderbund is actually where this IP originated, but Parker Brothers licensed it for the purpose of Sega here and 
you know, that's how we're getting this title. So it's funny that we clown on them so much for Monopoly, but then we get this and it actually is a pretty cool thing and something that I'm going to want to talk about a whole bunch of. Uh, do, you, do you have any, do you like wear in, any of wear in time, wear in the world, any of those games? Did you play those ever? Yeah, really? I played them. I played them a lot, and I was often very good at them because I was big and as I still am, big into geography and history and whatnot. So uh, I always felt very accomplished when I managed uh, when I was in games like this. Where did you play it? Um, oh God, probably at school. Didn't have this on any, Yeah, I was gonna say we didn't have any. Oh games. yeah, definitely not at home. But it was like a you'd go to computer lab for the day, and like we'd play Carmen San Diego, you know, or. Yeah. Like, I think I might have... No, I rented a... I think Where is Mario? Where Luigi had to find Mario. And I remember I rented this over at my grandma's house on Douglas Street in Vermilion. And I, like, fucking beat the game in, like, 20 minutes because I knew my geography so well as a child. Mm-hmm. Which is not this game, but, like, it's like that. And uh, I like games like this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even, even before I get into my, you know, shit with the the, the ad itself, just to go over that, is it's pretty cool. Like, I think the copy here is really fun and well done. Uh, it does get a little sexual uh, with at one point where uh, the kind of girl that could make an Eskimo take a cold shower oh. <laughs> is... It's a little sexualized for uh, a kids game, I guess. It's yeah. safe. And we've we've talked about how they they're not necessarily as concerned or as young skewed uh, demographic wise. Maybe as Nintendo, but it's still <laughs> very sexual. Right. I mean, what we're on page five, and we've already had racism and like, <laughs> yeah. some sexual. Yeah, Sega's yeah, like, fucking just throw it against the wall, man. Let's see what happens. Fucking, let's go for it. Man. <laughs> let's see how many people we can offend. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyhow, yeah. So for my experience with this. Um, it was, I was in this fucking thing at, at, uh, in, uh, I guess that was prospect. I didn't get into it early on. Like some of the kids were in it their whole, I think this was a program that started, uh, in like first grade or definitely at Eastwood. Uh, so kindergarten, first grade, I didn't get into it until I think fourth grade. Uh, cause I remember you had to take these tests and I don't I'd be curious if you remember these too. You, you had to take these tests and I remember the test I took for it. They put an egg on, it was just a pe- one piece. You got one sheet of paper. They told you you were taking this create this test. I don't even think they called it creativity. They just it was for gifted and talented was the name of the thing. You were taking uh-huh. this test, and it was a, a a one sheet of paper, and there was uh, an egg, a black egg, kind of a little bit at a tilt on the piece of paper, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Do whatever you want with that," <laughs> which is weird, like really right. weird in hindsight. Uh, but you know, I guess it's the idea is measuring creativity and like your ability to just I don't know, you know. Uh, Without much direction, take initiative and do something, create something, uh, and that's what I guess the class was. I founded on the idea was founded on. Was this for Mr. Mehmet's class? Exactly, Mr. Mehmet. Yeah, I actually got accepted into Mr. Mehmet's class. And do you remember anything about this? I don't. Fuck, tell me. <laughs> so I, uh, I got accepted. It's funny because if if I actually look back, it was probably like a fork in the road for my life, and I chose a path. So here I am, um, but. It was, uh, I got accepted into his class and I had the letter. I was in the kitchen. You remember where the garbage can was in the kitchen? Uh-huh. I was standing right near that and I was like, oh, I got accepted into Mr. Mammoth's class. I was very young. I was probably like uh, third so they grade. Gave, they gave this to you at school or it came in the mail or what? I think it came in the mail because it's probably like an, like I probably had to get mom's authorization to do it. All right. So like she's probably the one that it's addressed to and I'm accepted. And you were like, yeah, that class is fucking bullshit. You shouldn't do it. And I didn't do it. Really? At my yeah. direction. That's crazy. Uh, well, I had nothing to go on. And, and like, there was like, like nerdier kids were in that class. Right. Yeah. Well, that was 
I, yeah, I was smart enough to punch with it. those kids for sure uh, academically, but I didn't know what the fucking class was. It was actually an insane way to like notify someone about it because I had no fucking clue what was going on. And they're like, hey, do you want to do it or not? And I was like, no. And then here we are. And the, so did did she read it before you got it? Or did you open it and she never saw it? Like, I what? assume she read it. And she just, that's crazy, too, that they just let my stupid opinion have any factor in that. Uh, well, that's interesting. Well, um, that's not in magazines, so why are we talking uh, well, about that's, that's, well, I, that's what I want to talk about right now, so we're going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I got into it in fourth grade, and I did accept or whatever. I didn't. I don't remember the letter portion of it, uh, so that's interesting that you remember that part of it. But, um, yeah, we would, like, basically, the way the class worked, you would – you would, you know, you, you would get called out of your homeroom class and the kids would just, you know, you would just go to this other room and hang out with all these kids from other homerooms that had been accepted into this program. And we would do all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, I remember a lot of weird projects and shit. But one of the things is we would play this fucking game all the time. And, you know, I, I liked the game, that, but I hated the experience of this in this class. Like uh. when, he, when Mimit would announce that we were doing it. Like all the extra nerdy teacher pet prick and prickus prickuses kids right. would run to the fucking almanacs, and they're only <laughs> only you know a finite number relative to the whole number of class classmates. So right. there was no effort to to moderate the who would be the almanac people. Uh, and I just remember I like I wouldn't you know whatever my little mind like I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of engaging and trying to also. Beat you wouldn't them even to move. It. Right, exactly, right. Uh, and I would I just hated them for that thing, <laughs> like for for their so willing, so uh, I don't know, surface effort to be, you know, Mister Mehmet's pet. I remember just hating them for that. <laughs> yeah, that's super fair. Uh, and, yeah. and those those were the kinds of kids that were uh, getting into it in my grade too, and. Like I, I felt like I was as smart as them, but I did kind of feel like I wasn't as much of an ass kisser as they were. Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I yeah, I I, I never felt comfortable in that. I was, it was, there was me and another kid, Andy Vanerson, and I don't know if you remember the him or not. He rode our bus, uh, but he it was him and I. We were like the two. I would call us the two delinquent buddies in the class. Like we both uh, eventually, and I don't remember if this was my idea or his. We routinely started cutting this class because the way the way wow, the book. That's probably the first time you were doing that, huh? Uh, I never did it otherwise. Uh, uh, I never really, I, you know, all the way through high school, I never really cut class. I mean, there were probably a handful of times. Uh, not, you know, not really. I'm sure, you know, you fucking get out of the class somehow, fuck around, go to the bathroom, and dick off. I mean, I got expelled from for smoking weed in seventh grade because I was dicking off in the bathroom smoking weed. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's whatever. But uh, I definitely was not routinely cutting fucking school or class at any point. Uh, but the way this worked, you were in your main room, and they would, you know, just go on the PA system and announce that, you know, time for the Mr. Mimmit kids to go <clears throat> to Mr. Mimmit's class. And the teachers, you know, it was all the nerdy kids. So the teachers just, all right, okay, bye. And like let the kids out of the class. Right. Uh, so I stopped going. <laughs> I would just wander <laughs> halls and fuck off uh, and do whatever uh, the whole time I was supposed to be there. Um, and I don't remember if the day would end and I would go home or if you fucking we hey, well, eventually have to go back to the homeroom class. Whatever. Room, right. But I would just not go. And Mr. Remnant must not, you know, I don't know, didn't give a shit or didn't pay attention or whatever. Uh, or maybe he just didn't like us <laughs> because we were the two delinquent dickhead kids. Uh, and, you know, he wouldn't fucking follow up on that um 
So yeah, that was a really weird experience, but we would play the shit out of that in this class. And uh, anyhow, were uh, you good at it? Did you like it? Uh, I just realized that this yeah, game I told was you, I, so I, yeah, a board I, game. No, 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 no. It was a Broderbund uh, computer game that's Parker Brothers licensed uh, because they had this in with Sega, I guess, you know, so they licensed it from Broderbund to port it. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah. It was, I thought you were getting at that it was like a board game and then it like, you know, it became a video game like Monopoly was a oh, board game. Oh, that yeah, became this, a video this was all, yeah, it was Broderbund original computer game that was on. I mean, I would have to do the research because I didn't do that of, of where exactly it started, but... Uh, or what systems, rather, it started for. But I do remember playing, yeah, I remember playing the Broderbund computer version. That's what we played in, in Mr. Mimmons' class, and any other time I saw it was always on a computer, too. I never even knew it was ported, actually. Just Sega. Um, so, yeah, so that's where we're at uh, here, World Carmen San Diego on Sega Master System, off Mr. Mimmons and that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't know what this is, it's a traditionally, or traditionally a detective game with a bit of kind of Mac Venture interface where you find and employ clues to catch globally gallivanting crooks pulling capers of various sorts, you know. Um, so it's a very cool concept, and it, it, as you kind of already alluded to, it cleverly disguises learning random geography and world history facts, basically. Because, uh, yeah, what it is, it gives you information, and you have to... Uh, off that's why the almanac kids existed because you need to use real world knowledge that the game maybe doesn't give you uh to figure out what the exact clue that you were given is and that is a brilliant way to con kids into learning <laughs> it really was like I, I remember as a child like i liked games like this because it made the things that i wanted to learn in the first place fun right Yep, yep. Like, no, I, I already wanted to know, like, in, in, a great example is in this, uh, on the page here, it says he's following this, you know, this chick that he's supposed to be following in this little story that he's telling, and he says that she changed her money to francs. Well, like, that would be the hint. Like, okay, what the fuck is a franc? Right. Oh, that's French money. She's probably going to France. What's yeah. the big city in France? Paris. Boom. Which is so good. Yeah, and that which is go, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Even going back to the copy, like the, the they also do a very. That's why I say the copy is, is is good and smart. Like it does a good job of exactly subtly hinting at the experience or the hinting at or, or highlighting that hint oriented mechanic, I guess, uh, and, and how that's utilized in the game. It's portrayed honestly and well here in the copy in that way that you just described you know that's cool yeah did you notice uh, anything else about this uh this this page here like about the narrative story that was told not other than that one remark i made that was truly notable to me why what's up right because so far well we got the we got the uh for everybody playing bingo at home we've got racism so you can mark that one off <laughs> sexual uh illusions you can mark that one off. And then there's violence. You don't uh, see this yeah. at the end. The guy got shot in the stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was... Shot. That's yeah. fucking crazy. They'll just, like, put in a fucking, like, essentially a kid's game. Well, I mean... A kid's-focused game. These are all... And also, like, a very real depiction of getting shot. It's not like gun smoke shooting. Like, a, a pixelated dot hits you, and then that person disappears. Like, this guy's like, yeah, I got shot in the stomach, and I was, like, out of commission for a while. yeah. That's actually getting shot. Yeah, you know? and, and like yeah, and like a, a detailed adult description of it, you know. Right. Um. Not yeah. Not just gameplay. 
uh, yeah. sexuality and violence, and violence. All, in, all in five pages oh, of the whole Sega. Sh- the whole Shkabo. <laughs> I was going to say Sega Challenge, but it's actually Sega Team Newsletter. Right. Uh, for this month, anyways. We'll see who mails in what next month. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I fired this fucker up, um, and it's got a really cool title screen. Uh, there is a half-assed uh, action mechanic in the game that I did not recall. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not in the versions you played, but I feel like we played Where in Time was Carmen Sandiego more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't even know, maybe this is also part of the platform port and not even necessarily dependent on which of the titles, uh, meaning Time or World, or there were other ones too. Uh, but I didn't remember any sort of, like, basically it was, just, like I said, just Mac Venture stuff, uh, which is Windows, and you clicked on things and got text and then made a decision and flew somewhere like i don't remember any like actual controlling a guy um yeah this is almost like a text-based game for me in my mind right and there is not there's this actual action component now where you go to the different buildings and walk into doors and then you also once you start getting on the hot on the tail of the of the criminal you start getting henchmen that pop up in cities and yeah they shoot at you and you have to like you have to like run and duck and i mean it's super rudimentary but it is still an action component that i did not expect to to have in the game so that was interesting and and just you know i don't know like i said i don't know if that was present in some of the computer versions i feel like it would have been hard to control that on what most people probably would use a keyboard at the time or a mouse uh even i don't even know mouses were a thing yet they might not not have been actually uh, at least not widespread. Um, that was a yeah. thing once, kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thankful for say, your mice. Didn't always have mice. Yeah, sometimes you, you just have to use arrow keys to move around, which is crazy. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so that was fucking weird and different. Um, and like the, I did a full playthrough of it, and I caught. I, I thought it would be fun just to say the things. Uh, I caught the guy. The, the the criminal's name was Scar Graynolt, which is a fun, yeah. I think, criminal name. Uh, in Bamako, which I had never even heard of as a city, so I learned that. Just was that in Africa? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I think that was uh, an old Malanese city. Okay, and he had stolen a mosaic from Istanbul, so I started in Istanbul, uh, and I had to chase him through Tokyo, Baghdad, and Mexico City. And to get to Mexico City, the clue mentioned Mount, and I'm, not, I'm there's no chance in hell I'm going to pronounce this properly. Mount Papo Catapetl. Maybe. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I had to fuck a grown ass man. I had to Google what the hell that was uh, to know where to go next, basically in this right. game. So my grown ass man ass <laughs> learned had, to, right had a learning experience playing fucking Carmen San Diego on Sega Master System. So that's how well made and and uh, good of a learning tool this game was. So um, yeah, very playable and dare I say even fun. Um, I was going to say maybe it'd be one that we played, but you already did a full playthrough, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a different one every time, you know. Now you're fucked, buddy, because we're going to play Zillion again. (laughs) Yeah, we got a ton of options. Uh, (laughs) So, uh... Moving on from that, we have the art submission contest winners, and... Speaking of Zillion. Yeah, uh, you got your tiered by age request fulfilled here, Jab. Right, I... If you remember I do asking. remember, and it was—it's yeah. a good call. Yeah, uh, it was for—I think you were asking for it for the score, high score section, but uh, 
you know, it, it, it has utility here too, and they did do it. So they split it up basically into four age groups. Uh, nine and under and ten and ten to fifteen year olds are the ones in this issue. And I assume you're gonna get older than that, because uh, that's your only way to only direction to go <laughs> uh, in the next issue. Uh, and then the, the well, I don't know, how did you what did you have do you have anything to say about any of these? Well, what I noticed was that these nine and under submissions, these kids are going to be good artists one day. Um, but they need to keep practicing. Yeah, so yeah. They, they should get some recognition here, but it's honestly not as good as what the 10 and 15-year-olds do. No, not not at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I said, too. The nine under subs are pretty shitty, as you'd expect. Uh, but that Shinobi Diddy is probably better than I could do. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. You know, I want some, uh, I want a go, or I'm sorry, I want a silver key for a self-portrait in art. Uh, in high school. You, but you, this is twice now that you mentioned this, I think. I know. Well, it's, it's not my <laughs> very, fault. It keeps fucking being applicable. Very, very proud. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe I could do a little better, but probably not much better if I could at all. So, yeah, these are definitely good for uh, kids. I, You know, what, what I took away from this in general was uh, Jason Liu from San Meto, California. Mateo. Uh, San Mateo. Mateo. Sorry about that. I know you're out there, so you know these places. I've, yeah, I've heard it. I've never been, but I, I know I've heard that. Word You'll be there too. eventually. I'm, you're just that cool. Yeah. But this yeah, poor I'm sure, kid. I'm sure San Mateo is off the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Google it in a little bit. I can't wait to learn about it. Um, <clears throat> sorry to all our San Mateo listeners out there. <laughs> but yeah, poor Jason Liu, uh, 13 from San Mateo, California. His, I mean, he took time out of his life to make a zillion art. So that sucks for him. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, like you said, back, like, there, there were fans of that game. It's not... Uh, we had it was it it lost its luster over time I think but I think we I think we even even I think we even admitted at the time it might have been engaging just because of how different it was right so I'm sure there yeah there were definitely fans I think I told you too I uh, when you know we posted it uh, some of the p like the or when I posted it some of the the Reddit feedback and stuff on it was like I think one guy was upset that right uh, that we felt so poorly about it actually so there's definitely some defenders of it and probably some kids who cared enough to want to do that obviously that's just, it's crazy because i can't imagine like taking my time as a child to create zillion art but i mean dude you know the, but not everyone's me i get that it's yeah there, just... there, there, there are kids that fucking were in you know i, I, I remember there were, yeah, there were kids who all they did was draw that's all they fucking did was sit around and draw <laughs> uh and they probably were just looking for fucking new ideas anything that's fucking you know piqued their interest of any kind they were probably trying to right. uh, do which of for, course so. i know i didn't realize you were such a jason lou uh, defender but, uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah i mean yeah, jason, I, I, I thought... you did the art i don't mind i just i wanted to make a joke which uh, yeah but, happen, so. th- th- those two the, the zillion art and the shinobi were fucking fantastic uh in that 10 to 15 year old bracket oh uh, looking at the wait are you looking at the shinobi from the 14 year old when you say you could do better or you couldn't do better uh, no, I was talking about the nine-year-old one there too. But, okay, but I, so was I, right? <laughs> with the Shinobi art uh, for the for the ten to fifteen is also obviously very fantastic, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one's a little weird, and yeah, it's actually for Wonder Boy. Uh, but whatever, I still probably, I'm sure I couldn't do that either. <laughs> I appreciate the hell out of these uh, these little things, these art things, because uh, it gives kids an opportunity to be stupid and and have fun. So yeah, I, I always think, support things like that. One shit too. They were probably. Can you imagine how excited you'd be? Oh uh, my god! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fucking Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. Uh, in the lower third of this page, 
has the long-awaited second edition of the game's preview VHS videotape. <laughs> $7. Yeah, it's still 7 bucks. Yeah, there's no no markdown. Same same sticker price. Uh, and I, sadly, so bummed out, could not find this on YouTube. Uh, not I was not sad because I couldn't watch the video and see the gameplay, because that, of course, I can do that without this videotape, but I was extra bummed that I couldn't see what that Spike slash mullet kid was doing these days, or at this time, either, for the second edition, because I'm, I'm curious whether he was employed <laughs> to be the mascot on it as well. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's a bummer. So, so yeah, that thing has to be out there somewhere. Yes, if, if I, any of our listeners have, and I mean, I, you know, I did my Google dive uh, as hard as I could, uh, if anyone knows where the uh, a post of this video is, Please do email us. Oh my god, I would love to watch it. What's well, fucking <clears throat> nuts about this? Like, so it's a, it's like for people who maybe not following along, it's like there's ten games listed, and they preview these games on this cassette, or I'm sorry, on this VHS. It, it, so it's it's previews, but like you see this shit on like YouTube now. So I want everyone to imagine that instead of seeing the Double Dragon preview on YouTube. You had to send money in the mail, $7 in the mail, like in an envelope that you licked shut, $7. You had to lick somewhere. the stamp, too. The, st- the stamps were not self-adhesive, either. <laughs> like, you got to take it to a mailbox, put it in there. You had to ask your parents for the stamps. You didn't have them. Oh and you didn't know how to fill out a letter. This is a nightmare. <laughs> and your parents don't want to help you with this. So you send, you do all that, and then six to eight weeks later, as long as you live in the lower 48... <laughs> This fucking VHS shows up, and then you throw it in your VCR, and then you watch like these fucking previews. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna flip back to the order form and see if you can do COD on the order forms here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, payment? Uh, nope. Check your money order only. Yeah, Sega. See, they're, they're not fucking around. They're yeah, not the they're... guy out of the garage. Yeah, they're not. They're not dicking around with CODs. You got you got to you got to fork over the seven dollars hard cash before you're getting the video. <laughs> it's just fucking nuts to think like, oh, I wonder what this game is gonna be like. I'll find out in about three months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We say it a lot. It's a different time. Uh, on the next page is an, a full ad for another magazine, Electronic Game Player, which also, again, kind of going back to uh, the thing we said about the game cabinet, like. What are they doing? I don't know. I guess they weren't. They were not a fucking game magazine company. Uh, they were a game company. So maybe this was less important to them. Uh, advertising for a competitor of a small ancillary offshoot of their business, but uh, still weird. They're you know advertising another magazine. Uh, well, I guess actually Nintendo had that. I don't know. That was an organization, though, that just had a newsletter, too. That very first issue of Nintendo Power had that whatever the game high score or something or other, if you recall, um, advertisement at the end, too. So I guess Nintendo did something kind of similar, but I don't know. Very interesting and weird to me that they're they're uh, advertising for this other magazine here. And this, I don't know if you did any dive on this, Jab, but uh, this uh. is basically the direct precursor to Electronic Gaming Monthly. Uh, which oh, you, kind of, okay. you can kind of see it in the font even. There's a little bit of similarity in the way the magazine looks. I remember that magazine, but not well enough to even remember what the font looked like. Yeah, it was, well, it was kind of, uh, and that's also kind of true too. I mean, it, they did that and the successor magazine did do console gaming too, but it also 
dealt with computer games, coin ops. Uh, it was all electronic games, as the name would kind of insinuate. Uh, so, uh, yeah, also a little bit of, of a different coverage base, too, uh, right. than what they uh, were dealing in. But although, you know, Sega's coin op also, but um, maybe that was it. Maybe that maybe that this was a favor to them to get them to, you know focus on sega coin ops and shit too you know um you said this also, was a precursor to uh electronic gaming monthly was it correct i'm gonna look this up um what were you saying now uh well the other one of the things i was gonna say is uh should we have chosen this instead of game pro i don't know well see that's the thing though game pro <sighs> does, not, does not deal with arcade or computer so we also would have got off on a fucking got off the fucking the path uh by not doing this instead of game pro right i would say like we i would say we probably shouldn't do things like this because like there's probably a lot of fucking like when you actually break it down there's probably a lot of fucking magazines out there and yeah but electronic game monthly was a big magazine dude that's not a bullshit magazine i know um anyhow um yeah like i said it covered all systems um and it was 14.95 for an annual subscription but there's no mention whatsoever uh anywhere in the fucking ad of the issue frequency <laughs> and it was huh. definitely not and, and, you know looking it up it was not monthly by any length so fucking you know. the best indication they give you is the two covers that you have on on this page is a september october issue and a july august so i guess the implication would be that it's by month but it wasn't though like when you looked right. it up the actual when the actual releases of the issues did not stick to by monthly it did not like you might just get july august and then not get another one until november december right uh at least i found maybe maybe i did poor research that's possible uh, but i'll i'll drop the uh, download link to the first issue in the show notes so you can take a look at it without too much effort and uh that takes us into our music break star battle theme that is bringing us into the second half of issue four of the team sega team team sega newsletter sega fucking sega something <laughs> sega, sega magazine sega 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 newsletter. it'll be different next week so <laughs> yeah, yeah no, re- no reason to get emotionally attached to the title now right. uh and the first thing on the second uh back end of this baby is a, rev- a review slash feature on thunderblade the helicopter fucking thing uh, deal that we talked about it's on the cover and the copy says it does for helicopter simulation what afterburner did for jet fighters and sour sour say, say sour yeah sour. sour i think it's sour yeah gotta be the way you pronounced it has an even bigger ego than ron does uh each of the, these reviews has a little tip blurb at the end called sour says as s-e-z says uh so that was honestly the biggest thing that jumped out to me about this feature (laughs) is that sour sour feels compelled to uh give us his thoughts on every single game as if he's that important of a human being and i think for me it was probably like him since it doesn't seem like he had any other fucking ideas (laughs) and couldn't stop himself from being racist racist in his opening statement (laughs) <laughs> um, I feel like that was his thing. They're like, okay, so what do you bring? He's like, I got this segment called Sour Says. <laughs> yeah, 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 
Like, okay, so you're a racist, and you can't decide on the fucking uh, name. Well, it's probably maybe not a racist, but you're you're saying racist shit, <laughs> and you can't decide on the fucking name for the magazine. But you've got this sour says, okay, fuck it, get in there. Yeah. Ron wanted a raise, we didn't want to give it to him. You're in. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. The idea of him pitching uh, this as one of his uh, assets for the job is funny. Uh, so yeah, so fucking whatever about the copy. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, I did fire it up, uh, and it's not entirely deplorable for an aerial shooter. Uh, it does have, and this was an interesting approach. It does have two game modes. Uh, I was gonna say it looks like it has two modes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it has a top-down <laughs> deal. That's a very traditional vertical uh, scrolling shooter, and and then it also has a from-behind perspective that is much like Afterburner, um, and. Yeah, I don't know. You, you get kamikaze by the enemy choppers in the top-down version a fucking ton, uh, and that's frustrating. Uh, and the claim that this does for helicopter simulation, what Afterburner did for jet fighters, is very apropos. Uh, the perspective mode, the one from behind, has a particularly choppy frame rate that makes it very difficult to keep up with what's happening, just like fucking Afterburner. So uh, they were accurate in that um, regard. Uh, not wrong. The top down looks like. Um, did you ever play those? Um, I played them for Sega Genesis. I don't know if they're on any other platforms, but uh, it looked the top down one looks like Desert Strike and Urban Strike. I yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, they do. I agree. I agree. It kind of looks like, and those are fucking good games. Real yeah, good games. Those are good games. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the those both those things that I just said were like initial um things that I gleaned when I first picked it up. I you know, I, I was like, this is one of their big titles. It's not like I just fucking played it for two minutes and turned it off. I gave it a real shot. Uh and you know, it it, it is again, if you take it within the context of when the game was released and, and where we're at here, uh it's pretty good and pretty fun, I guess. Um yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess that's a caveat I would like to state about the fucking those those criticisms. But uh, you, you, the the traditional aerial shooter mechanic, uh, it has that like they all kind of have uh, the, the 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 top down vertical scrolling shooters where you have both an air to air and an air to land weapon. You know, right. uh, so that's you know that is like a that's a very uh, a variation or. Not a variation as if it's different from other things, because like a lot of them have that. But just like it gives you a very gameplay mechanic that you have to. It's not just hitting the button going. You know what I mean? You have to right. think about the thing you're shooting at and process. Like that's on the land. I need to switch. You know what right. I mean? And like as simple of a small of, of a thing as that is, there's only two options for that. Uh, it does just give you a reason to fucking actually not zone out <laughs> when you play the game, uh, which for, in my opinion, for aerial shooter is important, uh, or at least a step up, uh, to some degree. Um, the game over screen is probably the biggest thing I took away from the gameplay. It's dark ass shit, man. That really? I, yeah, uh, this is a, a, a fucking, uh, this is my Reddit post <laughs> for the fucking, for this issue. Uh, it's a picture. It says game over the top. And, your chopper is just a, a blazing ball, like a, 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 an inferno, basically. <laughs> like, uh -huh. uh, and you can, you know, it's not just a fireball. It's like you can see the chopper burning in it uh, that goes on for a really long time. Says your square underneath of it. And yeah, it was just very, again, you know, not, not Nintendo shit. It was just was not Nintendo shit. Um, this is on, you posted this on Reddit? 
Yeah, it's not yet. I think I posted it on our Facebook page too. Because um, yeah, it was it was funny. I think I, the the caption I cooked up was like, you know, kids games, you know, for kids. <laughs> like, <fucking laughs> burn is, this burning fucking certainly people in it dying, burning right. Alive. People are you suffering. <laughs> like this is horrible. Yeah. But yeah, game over. Yeah. Uh, so that was yeah, whatever. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the overall takeaway. I, you looked at play videos, right? So yeah, yeah my, I, I my overall. It. Yeah, my, my overall takeaway is there could be something there. It it probably yeah, it's a shooter. It's not gonna be fucking the fun. Did thing. the uh did that top down feel at all like the desert and urban strike? Like I, I'm wondering if this is like when desert and urban strike came around, they're like, all right, we'll get the guys from Thunderblade to work on this because they did some decent shit. Like, did it feel good at all, or was that awesome? I don't not- I don't have a good enough recall to be able to associate or not associate them, so I'm not gonna try to speak to that. Uh. It was, yeah, I mean, relatively, honestly, it, it because of that air-to-air and air-to-land mechanic, like, I just can't help but compare it to that Dragon Spirit game again. Like, that's that's the game I played the most like this. Uh, so that aspect of it is it felt a lot like that, you know? Right, okay. It's a lot, it's a lot of that, you know, the same thing, enemy mechanic-wise. You get, you know, the things on the ground are usually pretty slow-moving, and they're lobbing these things up at you, and then the planes are doing those, you know, basically the... the same moves that have been in there for aerial shooters since Galaga, where they just there a lot of them are crossing and flying, you know, kind of diagonal, and you get the ones that fly in and then z back up or or, or kind of diagonally go back up, and it's a lot of the same movements that you're dealing with with the aerial things, and then yeah, occasionally you have to deal with the the, the land ones too, and it's just it was very there was nothing groundbreaking and nah. top down thing goes the 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 behind the thing the perspective thing. Uh, even though it is kind of choppy and whatever, uh, uh, within again the context of the time, it probably isn't that bad. And it's not—I'm not saying it's not playable. Um, and it was—it was no doubt. That's no doubt new. Again, like I said that about Afterburner. Like, yes, the frame rate's choppy and it's tough to play at times, but uh, there is not. There's not a lot of shit out there like that. That's right. trying to <laughs> at least uh, give you pseudo fast-paced action in that way you know kind of almost it's not quite first person but it's close to you know um just just behind the 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 character of sorts you know right right uh so yeah i don't know there could be something there i guess is what i'm getting at here in an incredibly long-winded way i watched that uh game over screen it's pretty dark yep pretty dark pretty dark dark. it really is just like a burning wreckage just sitting there staring at you for Quite a while. Oh, really long time. Yeah, really fucking long time. Uh, and the other review thing they get into on the, like, there's kind of like a page and a third of Thunderblade. The next thing is uh, Double Dragon, the, the Sega iteration of Double Dragon. And uh, this does have a two-player co-op. Uh, so in that regard, it already automatically blows the NES version out of the water. Because <laughs> uh, that's so much of what this game is supposed to be about, is the two-player component of it. Um, you know, the two right, brothers. like that arcade experience. Right, and the two play, the two brothers, take, even just within the story. It's the yeah, two narratively, it's two brothers, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, even if the game itself were a piece of shit, that would probably beat out Nintendo. Um, but... And actually fucking around with it, uh, it is not a steaming pile of shit. It's, in my opinion, it's laughable to even mention the NES version of this game in the same sense. As this. Really? It's fucking way better. It looks better in every possible way. <laughs> uh, it, the, uh, maybe the, the sprite you control is a little, I don't know, there's like a weird kind of shadow thing that's going on with it that 
makes it look a little weird. But otherwise, it just across the board looks better. Uh, yeah, actually, I have plenty to note. Uh, it's it's basically kind of got like a little drop shadow. So maybe you'll dig that jab. I don't know. <laughs> Being the drop oh, shadow, yeah. ad, ad, good that you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's an attention to detail that I appreciate. That's all I can say. <laughs> they don't have to do it. No, but it, it, with this, though, it's not, you know, I don't know if a drop shadow is right. Because uh, it's not, you know, the other characters don't have drop shadows. Uh, to impress. It just kind of, it makes it like, almost it, it kind of the way, I guess what I would equate, what I'm getting to here is, it feels like when you, you know, you watch an older cartoon and you can tell, like you get onto a new cell, a new screen, and you can tell that something is going to move just because it looks different. Yep. You know what I mean? That yeah. same kind of thing. Uh, That's still uh, a problem in video games now. Like it, it they, they can't quite differentiate the two. And a yeah, back, a background sprite versus a foreground. Yeah, foreground. Yeah, something you can manipulate versus just like art, essentially. Right. Shit, a lot of games fucking make it sparkle or something. They're like part of that holding your hand thing that I hate about new uh, newer games. But anyhow, uh, the controls are a little harder to get a handle on. Uh, there's more moves, and that's why, which is, you know, actually a good thing <laughs> uh, in, the, in the long run. Short run, it's hard to, you know, it's harder to figure out because you, your guy does shit. You, you're not sure what's going on. And, and granted, if I look at the instruction book, this probably goes away. But uh, it was a little trickier to get the handle on at first. But, I mean, there's e there's even a headbutt, which is definitely you can't do in the NES version. And it's just like this double tap of the direction you're facing. So they, they, they use the two buttons you have way more versatilely than uh. the NES version does. The NES version doesn't even try to do all the moves that this one does, I don't think. Um, right. So that is also, you know, like I said, once you get the hang of it, a huge step up because it's a fighting game. And the more you can do, the more fun and realistic a fighting game is going to be. Um, so, yeah, it's better than that regard, too. Uh, it is pretty difficult, but I did get through the first stage in my kind of fuck around play. Um, and this is kind of a cool thing, too. And maybe you could do this in the S version. It's certain you could do it in the arcade version. But it just made me it made it feel very arcadey to me that the second player can hit start and join at any time. You know, so it's oh, all OK. Yeah, always like flash on the top screen, just hit start to enter. So which is like pretty arcadey, yeah, for sure. You know, um, in a cool way. You know, not not a detrimental way. Yep. Uh, there is no versus mode though. So high five the Dan Kitchen, go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. That's. Uh, do you have any? Uh. Now, did you play Double Dragon One for NES at all? I know we're yeah. talking about Sega, but right. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. We've, uh, we, it's. I think it's appeared twice now, so we've talked about it twice over on the NES. Side. I'm saying, did you play it as a child? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I don't have like some stark uh, memory about that, but um, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I, I do have a stark memory about this game. It takes place. I just found out recent. I just found out recently that it took place in Illyria. Uh, do you know where the rallies is in Illyria? <laughs> Not offhand, but I love talking about rallies. Go on. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so there's one on Cleveland Street in Illyria, and there's like a, a near. I should, yeah, these, you know, these are called checkers in most places in the country. They're called rallies here in Ohio. Rallies is a very region-specific thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that they were the same. That That's a pretty recent discovery for me, too. Yeah. But So this would have been, oh, God, I think I would have been like five, maybe. And uh, my dad had a girlfriend that lived uh, on near this this rallies um, on the street in Illyria, and I would play Double Dragon over there, and that's my story. Uh, it turned out that she, like one, the the way their relationship ended was, 
I think I was like in the living room watching a movie of some sort with like her kids and they were fighting in the back room. Okay, so she had kids and that's why they had an NES. Correct. And then I like I guess she like my dad like came down the hall to like get me and they were and we were going to leave. And I was looking at him, but he I was looking at the, you know, towards him, which is also towards the bedroom. And she came out of the bedroom with a knife, apparently. (laughs) And like had raised it in a manner to strike at my dad. And he said that he was, this is when I was asking him about where the fuck this was. And he was like, yeah, like I was looking at you telling you to get your shit and get going. And your eyes were as big as dinner plates. And I turned around and she had a fucking knife. And then we went and got in the car and then she smashed the uh, windshield with some sort of blunt object. And then I think they probably never talked again. That's crazy as fuck. Uh... So that's why I used to play Double Dragon. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have any good stories, uh, any of our listeners, uh, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, email them. In. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, crazy. it's funny, man. I wish I could say that I haven't had crazy shit happen to me like that, uh, and that was just like a a working class, everybody drinks all the time kind of fucking occurrence. But I, I told you we were. I was that how we got. I don't remember how we got on this topic, but we were talking about stabbings or something i was like oh i've woken up to a girl standing over me uh right. over my bed with a with a big ass knife in her hand right. uh <laughs> and i i'm pretty sure i was fucking waking up from being wasted uh when i back when i bartended uh that was in new york when i lived on 108th street i think it was a girl i was dating at the time who knows i came in a mad i don't even remember what i did to piss her off to that degree but people I... <laughs> well, you know what i found out in life is that sometimes people brandish knives at you and that's just the thing that you got to deal with <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh i think i just like i opened my eye, i think i just laughed and went back to sleep like how like, crazy yeah. is that what am i gonna do right uh which is psychotic it's obviously psychotic to wake someone up by staying over there with a the knife but it's even maybe crazier to just laugh and go back to sleep <laughs> right like maybe the best honestly maybe the best way to handle that is like well i'm just gonna pretend to go back to sleep and hope that's crazier <laughs> oh fun times stabbing right. near stab fun times uh right. next thing up is fantasy star and it's a 1.3333 repeating page feature on that and it uh the copy in this review slash feature dangles the rpg carrot pretty tantalizingly <laughs> uh, i like that they use the word menagerie for the listing off of the monsters you battle <laughs> menagerie menagerie i might be pronouncing it. menagerie i believe is the menagerie. i'm not sure actually context i think it's menagerie uh and yeah that's that's a fun word to use here uh so this is a big fucking deal and this is the big swinging dick of rpg uh, properties for early sega consoles uh which i think is the second time i've said big big, big swinging dick in this recording which is unexpected (laughs) you can never say it enough (laughs) uh what is your have you fucked around like do you have any fantasy star exposure at all i do not but looking at these screenshots you know i feel like i want to have some exposure Um, it looks right up our alley um and i know that like it must have been at least some kind of good because it gave birth to like you know a fucking franchise right yeah so Vegas by far. Um, maybe you could say ever because it's you know Sega's kind of dead. So yeah, say maybe that this is their biggest RPG franchise of all time. Uh, but seeing this dungeon uh, wing eye battle with the options for ATTK and MAGC on the left hand side, I 
like feel like I really want to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I didn't play, I've never played this one. Uh, I diddled around with four for Genesis on my handheld XD emulator a bit. Uh, so, um, I have, you know, I've, 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 I haven't not ever fucked around with this, but I did. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get terribly far. I would say maybe a couple plays. It also wasn't just pick it up and put it down, never play it again thing. I did like save and come back to it. So I was kind of into it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little. I remember thinking there's like kind of this sci-fi thing going on with a little bit of it and it's not just straight kind of medieval fantasy you know um and i remember that kind of a little bit making me not as stoked about it as i could be maybe uh that's crazy that you have that hang up because there's so much good crossover for that I don't know. I can't describe it, dude. Just when you get when you start talking about other planets and space, like even Final Fantasy will do it sometimes in like the game, which aren't like technically Final Fantasy titles for Game Boy, but like they they do some sci-fi crossover shit, and you always liked those. Uh, the early ones, yeah, but it wasn't ever. They got more like that, and I kind of waned off them. Like, I mean, you know, you and everyone else on the planet love Seven, and I I remember trying to play a bunch Seven a bunch on your PlayStation, and just like Fucking I can't it's so good, dude. Fun. Oh my god. I don't know. I can't describe it, man. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, anyhow, I, I did give this. I, I, I gave uh, this one a, a, a try, and I, I just, I just kind of have like a list of things that I thought about as I was playing. I was just, I didn't, I didn't, you know, maybe this was like a 10, 15 minute try at it just to get a feel for how how it looked and felt. Uh, like some of the things I, I noted were the the town sprites are very repetitive in stock. Like all the townspeople look exactly the same. Okay. Uh, except for the soldiers who are also just the one sprite. So there's basically two sprites in the entire... Soldiers, group. citizens. Yep, uh, which that doesn't make me feel good necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only walk on the paths of the town too, which is a little weird and prohibitive. You know, It's just mm-hmm. like this very set path and you can't walk off that, uh, at least that I found. Maybe that's a gameplay thing that changes. The fucking the landscapers in this universe... If you very... knew what they were like, you'd walk on the path too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they're very particular and fucking. Um, so yeah, I filled around at the shops and talked to everyone, and then I went outside and got waxed in one hit by a tarantula. So my <laughs> first fight, I got waxed in one hit. So that also was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and and like you know, I I'm hesitant to even do this because as I'm having this first initial experience the whole time I'm of course in my mind comparing to Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy yeah. and uh, I'd say there are parts that have a lot that are a lot better looking than than those games like the monsters are animated you know shit like that I think maybe there's a, a little bit perhaps better art particularly in the battle and shop screens because yeah I mean in Final Fantasy you do get a different screen with the shops but it, it's not I don't know not even really good actually I I would say, like, just an initial look from these screenshots, um, it looks graphically better than Final Fantasy and yeah. Dragon Warrior. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, Dragon Warrior doesn't even try to give you a different shop experience or, uh, yeah, like, even you know, when you talk to people, you, like, go to a talking screen, you know, right. and, like, uh, in some ways, it's kind of, that's kind of annoying because it's slower, especially because they all look the same, uh, but um, it is at least an effort towards giving it a more graphical feel. Than, than just kind of the old school Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, overworld map kind of thing, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, there's there's some things here that I think are better. There's probably some things that are that are not as good, but it's no doubt. Uh, I mean, you, you'd have to sit, you got to sit down and give it a real sit down, as any RPG you would have to really uh, before making a real judgment. But I'm by no means opposed to that. Right. Uh, 
I think, yeah, especially given our, our history, we would probably at least be able to ride with it for a while. Right. It seems like something that I would like. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Back to uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Apparently, just yeah. under a few pages back. Yeah, well, that was just an ad. So yeah, we actually get a feature here on oh, it. That's uh, true. So yeah, so it's it's sharing the uh, the point three three of the Fancy Star feature uh, with with yeah a a a, a, a point six six <laughs> of a page say, yeah, Carmen San Diego feature. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it also basically does kind of what that ad did um, and laying out like a a. a flow chart of, 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 of a one playthrough experience you know and it does a good job of that uh and it's all the things we said about it last time um across the binding we get uh the latest sega software checklist and some Which, coming... i fucking hate these things the, the, the checklist <laughs> yeah like a, as a grown man like i said before this is just like hey kids cross them all off with your parents money yeah 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 uh yeah, the, the coming soon's are obviously the, probably the more notable thing about this page, mm-hmm. and we get Poseidon Wars 3D, uh, which I assume is some of that scope shit. Uh, R Type, which you know, looks kind of like a shooter or something. Uh, Reggie Jackson Baseball, Summer Games, and Wise the Vanishing Omens, which is a weird title, and then Spring Teases, Altered Beast, California Games, and Walter Payton Football. Uh, I don't think I ever knew there was a Walter Payton football endorsed football game. And just in general, I'd say that they are ramping up their endorsement uh, efforts a great deal to be getting. Oh, yeah, they are. And Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, if you get Reggie Jackson and Walter Payton, you got some heavy hitters there. Yeah, that's a much bigger deal than Lee Trevino. Um, Actually, wasn't Lee Trevino very good at golf? I'll. Well, yeah, like I said, he, he, well, he was, you know, he was... Was he the Walter Payton or Reggie Jackson of golf? No, yeah, he Probably definitely... Probably not, was, right? Yeah, definitely not. I mean, he, he was, if, if you were Hispanic, he was maybe your most right. known golfer. But outside of that, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the funny thing is, too, man, like, it's kind of interesting. And just another example of, like, they, did, I don't know, not great business decision-making, man. Both those players are at the very end of their careers here. And I want to say... Let's. I, I want to should actually Google that. Like I, Walter Payton, I want to say, retired in like '89. I something. want to say like '89. Yeah. yeah. So fucking he probably wasn't around much longer, and I don't think Reggie Jackson played into the '90s either. So both these guys just not, you know. And later they would do Buster Douglas too with fucking Genesis. It's like yeah, right. Like you're that's the right guys, but the wrong time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, Buster Walter, Douglas, son, Walter Payton's son played football for the Titans. I did not know that. Yeah, just he got cut. He wasn't as good as his dad. <laughs> Obviously. Because <laughs> <laughs> his dad was maybe the best. Yeah, was he a running back? Yes, he was, actually. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I think Thurman's got a kid. That's... Probably not as good as Thurman. Probably not, but I, I think he's good, though. Okay. I think he, I remember, I think, uh, cause I follow Thurman on Instagram. I believe he uh, has posted shit about like, his kid getting recruited or something. We should get Thurman on the podcast. We should get Thurman on the podcast. We should talk to Thurman Thomas about anything and everything. <laughs> uh, uh, did you ever play any of these games? I know Altered Beast was a thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought I played it on Genesis. I don't know. Yeah. These are all these are all previews. We should probably just fucking not need to talk about those later. Right. That's fair. Um, I just thought it was like they said the the fact that the the endorsement thing where these really notable players that were retiring <laughs> uh, was worth mentioning. Um, we get to the next thing up is uh, Steve Hanawa coming back for Tech Talk, and uh, they're doing the Sega Scope 3D again. <laughs> Got to talk about something, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, man, I don't know, but we've already done this. Uh, the This is actually pretty informative, uh, even though it is a revisiting of the something they've already done a piece on for these tech talk sections. Uh, they kind of they go they they explain the concepts of stereo vision and persistence of vision in a way that a kid could actually understand, but also not dumbed down to the point where an adult is like, "You're this is what you know fuck fuck off." Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. eyes see things. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I, that was uh, that was tactfully done, uh, and actually I feel like I l- gained a better understanding of both those ideas a, a little bit. Um, and that was cool. Uh, it is just styled to be a sales pitch for the product, of course, though. They, right. they, they even try to motivate you to buy two uh, so your friends can <laughs> watch you play in 3D with the Y adapter, which is like a very jerry-rigged uh, solution <laughs> in the first place. That like It does not have a system-native way. Like even a, built in. Yeah, to do that, they just tell you to buy some bullshit Y adapter. Uh, and yeah, buy it. two, and then as you're doing that, you're going to need the adapter piece. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, the apple of their time, maybe. Yeah, as if any of these games would be fun enough to warrant that second purchase of the fucking headset. Right. Uh, maybe if your buddy had one and he brings his over, sure, but... How many how many neighborhoods had two kids with right. stethoscope 3Ds? I don't, did anyone in Oberlin have this? Do you are you aware of this? None I of my friends had this shit yeah, that I I'm aware a of. A single human being that had a fucking Sega Master System. Now, yeah, uh, yeah, like I like I, yeah, I, get, I mean that's part of the thing. Like I don't even remember anyone talking about this thing. You know? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. yeah. Next up is the order of our shit in the uh, scoreboard sections. Uh, they're touting a bunch of Thunderblade merch here, uh, so they're fired up a little about that. Um, just interesting. Every you know every issue they do that, they kind of they get a, they get all fired up about that cover title and, and like really, you know do a whole line of merch. Uh, I wonder well, how who knows with the next fucking episode or issue. You know, like who knows what they're gonna fucking do. Well, yeah. they can't even keep the fucking name straight. So yeah, yeah. Who knows what they're gonna do? But I feel uh, like that looks those that that gear looks kind of hot though. That yeah, Thunder no, like, yeah. I, mean, I think that again, we, of we, which we, I wanted to give Thunderblade the credit that it deserves. The fucking cover art was actually not bad. Yeah, it is. It's still got. They do it with that dumbass Grid. cross thatch shit. Uh, and this, yeah, the, the, yeah. This the T-shirt and the poster back here. Like it's another just like Afterburner. Like. This is way better. There's a yeah. fucked background, like you assholes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a goddamn helicopter blowing up tanks. It's a thing yeah. you do in the game, right? And the, well, they have that on the cover, but, the, but to put it in front of a background that is re- is related to the fucking foreground shit going on is right. like common sense, man. Like, I just don't get why they fucking don't do that. Right. Yeah. They just missed so hard on the other ones. I felt like it was worth, like, yeah. you're clapping them on the back and saying, okay, yeah, you got it right. No, that was, that was good, yeah. I agree. Uh, the scores are, are in for the Wonder Boy and Monsterland competition here. James Kwan of scenic South Plainfield, New Jersey, took home the gold with 787,480. Uh, and the next scoreboard challenge for the next issue is Thunderblade. Duh. <laughs> uh, so that's fucking that. And then we get to the inside back cover, and there's a lot going on with this baby. Uh, yeah, this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a full-page ad for the controller accessories from Bishu, which is a company I've never heard of. Uh, but this it just 
you know, the color scheme and the names and everything about it is just very so late 80s, early 90s. God. You know, all these hot fluorescent colors, uh, spot on late 80s, early 90s fashion kind of feel to it uh, with really high octane monikers like Zinger, Zoomer, Viper and hot stuff. You know, it's just it's so late 80s, early 90s uh that um no it's beautiful <laughs> viper man the 90s loved that fucking word <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah everywhere you see that yeah. and by everywhere i mean in this ad and american gladiators yeah uh yeah the fucking the, the remote wireless uh super stick here i love the shape yeah it's yeah. nonsensical <laughs> it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. it's like it doesn't look comfortable it looks like like, people always shit on the very, very first Xbox controller. Like, oh my god, it's so big and clunky, like, it's fucking weird. I mean, I, and I know this isn't, like, a fucking standard-issue controller, so it's different, but, like, this thing is insane. Like, there's no way that you could ever hold this thing and be comfortable. Yeah, no attention to ergonomics at all. <laughs> at all. Like, even a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. these are, these are fun-looking... God, Zoomer? These are just cool-looking, like, straight 90s... Fucking yeah. things, I, and I feel like I probably like I don't have any specific memories because it's you know it says these are cross platform like it, it, these they these are available. It doesn't say like I don't know if they're all available for all the systems, but it says uh, there's a blurb saying joysticks are available for Nintendo, Sega, Atari, and Commodore machines. Um, so it's possible. Like I said, I've definitely never been around a Sega Master System when I was little, but I feel like maybe I picked up something that looked similar to one of these fucking hot color joysticks uh, really? in my childhood um, or something very comparable to it, at least. Uh, and, you know, that's interesting to me. The jazz stick one kind of looks like the uh, advantage. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, but yeah, I, I never hand focused, which is, which is weird. You know, like the rest of these are all dual. I mean, I, I guess you couldn't do that controller. Unless you can turn that fucker upside down, which is, would not surprise me. <laughs> uh, but they all other they're all uh, otherwise uh, ambidextrous, you know. Mm -hmm. They they all have at least I assume those are because they have the, the all the joysticks have a button on the joystick too two actually in most cases all three cases yeah so the button on the fucking thing would be I would assume would have to be yeah left, they yeah, it actually says left or right hand player on the hot stuff one okay. all of it says that left hand hand. Yeah. Well, so, that makes more sense now on that, that giant clunky one that I didn't like or that I like, but still weird. Cause yeah, I mean, still they, fucking weird. You got, yeah, actually. So what? Yeah. You put that on the ground and cause I mean, how else do you hold that with the, I get, well, like a lot of them have those suction cups on the thing. So I'm assuming the one that I'm talking about also has those suction cups that you just can't see. Right. Yeah. In fact, they all have them except for that one. So I, yeah, you probably like stick it to a hard surface, and then much like an arcade game, right? You know, your surface is immovable while you control it. Yeah. So then, why the what's the difference between that one and the other, the jazz stick, though? Man, I don't know. Lots of lot to dissect here. Lot to pick apart. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. These are just fucking nuts because, like, I also feel like they're like the idea of them trying to cater to an ambidextrous nature it seems like in my mind like what they're thinking in their head is like okay these people are making an investment in their video game system and also you you kind of get this implication from the cross-platform stuff like this isn't like a one-trick pony you buy for sega like we're selling you a thing that's going to work no matter who you are left or right-handed and no matter what system you have 
No, no, no. They, there's no way they, they each one worked for all the systems. I'm sure they were system specific that you had to buy. They just offered them for all systems. There's no, I don't. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know for sure, but that would that would be crazy to me uh, if they like had a fucking adapter at the end of it that could plug into any system. That would be I crazy see. to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like they're trying to, yes. Uh, well, then under- to that point, you can even just switch it to the fact that this company is doing something like this. Company thought that was a way forward, and I'm not saying they were crazy for that because, again, like we've talked about so many times. It was a new. It was a new fucking market. You didn't know what was or not going to work. Right. Well, clearly, they clearly didn't. This Bishu, like I said, we never heard of this company before. I've never heard of it, so I'm assuming it didn't work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say they probably uh, over diversified their product offering because um, you know each mold costs money. Right. <laughs> Plastic mold. I've actually long conversation with fucking um, Tim Clark, the guy who invented bog lens and uh sectors and all these fucking uh action figure lines uh for that batteries on included thing like talking about the economics of it's like it's very expensive to design a new mold for a fucking anything plastic especially back then um and there's all this shit that goes into it so like you know this had to be a bit of an upstart the the kid and you know they this was not an established company unless it was owned by someone else and it's just some fucking shell company like so yeah it's just not smart probably to have this many you know what's the difference between those three fucking joysticks what's the difference right nothing Uh, the the viper is multi is, is supposedly turbo but why not just put that no dual auto fire on the fucking zinger too Micro switch control. I don't know what that means. Two auto fires. Yeah, what the fuck? A rapid fire, a left and right hand. I mean, like left. certainly, like the hot stuff one is like you know the 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 ergonomics of the handle are very different than the green. Sure, I guess, but I and you know that one also is probably targeted to girls. Right, but why not just make one and then give it different colors? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's smarter for sure, business wise. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. So. Another paradise uh, location for their business mailing addy, <laughs> uh, Middlesex, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone knows Middlesex. Yeah. Uh, I do know Middlesex. And it's do nice. you? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's not too. It's not terribly far from. Well, let's, let's take it easy because we got some Middlesex listeners out there. Probably do. We probably do. Shit on too hard. Highly offended. Uh, so that's it for the Bishu shit. When the last thing here is the back cover. And there's some weird shit going on here with this Power Strike title, uh, which, according to my research, it was already out in Japan and it hit U.S. in December. Uh, but they refer to it as Sega's first special edition. Well, there's two languages two instances of language used uh the more the, the one that makes the most sense probably is the uh not the one in the headline at the top that says sega's first special limited edition game um so it's not available in any store uh it can be ordered directly by filling out the mail order form in the newsletter so it's them reverting to that or you know written the first issue maybe it was the first two where you could order games directly from them even though you would think that they were available re- uh, in retail stores at the time. And this, and then definitely by issue three, that had been taken away and they weren't selling any games uh, directly anymore. And now this is an instance where they just have the one game that is not going to be available in retail stores that you buy from them directly. So I would just love to know the inner workings of what the decision making behind all those fucking different situations was, you know? Um, right. 
I mean, like I said before, I, I assume the taking it away was retail relationships requiring them to sell it in the stores. That makes the most sense to me. Uh, and I'm sure they could get around that if this was not in retail stores. But the idea of not selling a game in retail stores. Why seems, wouldn't you? Yeah, seems like a fucking death sentence for a title. <laughs> right. And, uh, I certainly never heard of this. So that was probably exactly what happened. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They're selling it for twenty nine ninety five in that mail order section. Uh, which is again kind of I guess a lower MSRP, which if than the most of the retail titles I think at the time, which if you're selling directly, you know, middleman probably makes business sense as far sure. as what you're what, gleaning from each copy sold. But it's just such a weird thing to me, you know, that they chose to release it this way. I think, um, and I fired it up, and other than a, you know, it's a kind of sort of maybe cool title screen uh, and the music ditty that that comes with it. shit basically <laughs> yeah. that it's like yeah why again you know i always come back to this because i think i kind of like the, the the birth of this industry i think it's just kind of like cool to examine how they conducted themselves but like again i come back to it i, I know that they didn't know exactly how to do this like everyone knows now you just go to the store and pick up a game that's where you get your fucking games right that's not necessarily like we didn't know that back then. So like we had to try and maybe Sega thought it was like a good idea to like boost interest in the game. Like it's not even available at stores. Like yeah, you sure gotta is. fucking well, order you know, it. Yeah. I mean the, 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 um, it's not video games that we've talked about those mail order, uh, you know, mailing a few UPC symbols and get like a special edition Clark Kent action figure for the DC superpowers line of figures. You know, it's just a way an alternative way, you know, they're, they're requ- in those in that case, and you don't have to, I'm sure you had to probably pay this shipping and handling fee, but uh, in that case, you're sending UPCs, which means you've spent money in the retail stores on these other figures, and now you're getting this one. So, like, I'm sure the profit model on that works out just fine for the cost of this action figure that you're getting, you know, supposedly for free. Uh, this is just a way, a different moving around the numbers of that, you know, but... Um, you know, it's not unheard of. It's just weird that they're like again, kind of oscillating between models and doing things. You know, that they they can't make a decision. That's kind of how it feels to me. You know, right? Well, this I mean, this like whole Sega ordeal for us has just been like characterized by different instances of indecision. Yep. At every turn, almost. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Fucking, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, no, I think we saw a Tonka copyright on even the magazine. So I think maybe they are in control of this magazine, too, at the time. Uh, so it's funny that, you know, we're talking about toys. And then this is basically, like I said, kind of a, a variant, I think, of a toy. It is, I, yeah. I, toy idea, you know. So that's interesting in and of itself, if you think about it. Yeah. Which, like we were saying, uh, you know, they, they didn't know if they wanted to, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about when I say they, I mean almost like the industry as a whole. Like, they weren't sure if they should advertise this as, like, a toy. Right. Or like something new and different. So yeah, yep. Sega yeah. being a little bit behind isn't surprising. No, it's not. Uh, and the last thing they do here is a they they close this baby out with a hard push on Fantasy Star. Um, Speaking of UPC codes. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they must have also, uh, like Nintendo, had this concern too, been a little worried about RPGs viability. You know, either that or you know, I guess that's not a, a given. Maybe they just saw this as a title that they could, you know, was a possible hotbed for them, something new, and they wanted to just do something extra to push it. But basically, uh, you get a five dollar mail-in rebate if you buy two other titles. Which actually, I feel like we've seen that exact deal somewhere else. Um, where the fuck was it? I want to say it was maybe a Nintendo thing, but yeah, that basically you get a five dollar mail-in rebate on this title if you buy two other games, <laughs> which is a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of money to get that five dollars back. But whatever, it's an advertisement nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for Sega Team Sega Newsletter Challenge, whatever issue four. Sega Magazine something. That was the rainbow screen theme from Aztec Adventure. Uh, getting us to the last section here where we pick the game that we're going to play, yeah? Yeah. Mm, what are your nominations? I had, <laughs> and I'm not sure how we do it, because it would be the first time, but it's bound to happen at some point. It's definitely going to happen to us when I hit the one title that I w- w- I'm going to force you to play. <laughs> but it could happen right now. I had Fantasy Star RPG, yeah, so that's course. like a different thing. Um, I also had Aztec Adventure, which you poo-pooed pretty quickly. And um, uh, Car- I, I, I only had Carmen Sandiego as a joke. Uh, <laughs> and I know it also wasn't going to be a thing. So basically I'm asking if you want to play Fantasy Star. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Fantasy Star was one of mine, too. Uh, yeah. I also had Double Dragon and Alien Syndrome. Um, okay, so you said Alien Syndrome. I thought that could be an option, too. Yeah. Because I didn't uh, fuck with that one at all. Yeah, it was... Uh, like I said, there was something there. Um, I feel like it... I don't know. I mean, like... Uh, I never got to the second stage, so I can't say this with certainty. I feel like it's going to be... The second stage is going to feel a lot like the first one is how the whole game felt. Um and I also feel like just poking around, or no, I shouldn't say also, I feel like poking around about it, uh, that it is somewhat like there is an affin- uh, a nostalgic affinity for it. So it couldn't have been a total dumpster fire, I don't think, because I don't see any like heavy vitriol for it like you get for a game that really sucks. You know, there's no, I don't, I don't believe there's any, I don't believe there's any angry video game nerd videos about Alien Syndrome, you know, kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I don't think it's a dumpster fire, but I do feel like it probably doesn't go too many different places than what I experienced in that first level. The boss, it was the, the the boss thing was interesting in that it felt like Fester's Quest, where you like, uh, or I think this was also it's Sunsoft, so it's no surprise, uh, or, or Master Blaster. Uh, wait, is that the name of it? Blaster, Blaster Master, Blaster Master. Uh, yeah, uh, where like when you get to the boss screens, you get just dropped into this like black space yeah. where it's just you and the monster, and that's that's how the boss fight was for alien syndrome too okay which is, which is interesting in of itself um see wax my ass so you know it could be difficult and interesting and and, and be that real-time puzzle thing that i say i, I want bosses to be because uh, i didn't figure it out for sure um so that's alien syndrome double dragon i mean like i said it's it's with just the best one i've seen on platforms for sure you know and right. i think uh, if we fucking are ever going to play Double Dragon, it should be on the Sega Genesis, not the Nintendo. So that's the case for that. Uh, and then, yeah, Fantasy Star, man. I mean, you know, we said it's an RPG, and so it'd be our first experience for that. Um, it's hard to be amenable to uh, also 
see like alien syndrome it just seems like I, like i said i didn't play it or watch it but it if it's like akari wars it just sounds like gun smoke in a way you know like it's like kind of like a shooter and we played that it, it, yeah it is it is yeah it, it is i wouldn't say it's like gun smoke and, and like I said, uh, the caveat to the Car Wars comparison too was that it was not a scrolling shooter. It was a screen by screen, you know. And you have to like, you know, it's you know you're going left, right. You have to backtrack sometimes, and you're like trying to find all those prisoners. And like, it, yeah, it is it, the the progression mechanic of it is nothing like a Car Wars at all. It's just the maybe I'm not picturing a Car Wars correctly then. Well, no, I mean that's what Akari Wars is. You're right in that in that comparison. Uh, what I'm saying is the in my comparison for Alien Syndrome was. N- not that just the way you control your player is very Akari Warriors and that there's just shit running around and you got your player and you're kind of just, you know, shooting in all directions to fucking work your way through that, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also picking up prisoners instead of just going, you know what I mean? Um, And then of course the boss mechanic is way different than Akari Warriors. Akari Warriors doesn't even have that really. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, there's not a lot to pick from this time. No. And we said that could be a problem considering we're only doing one. 16 fucking page issue. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. The, I, I'd say, yeah, I mean, Alien Syndrome is kind of just like a throw-in to me. Like, I, I think Double Dragon out of Double Dragon Alien Syndrome, I, I'm probably much more excited about Double Dragon. Uh, Fantasy Star is probably going to be the most, dis- I mean, we know what Double Dragon is for sure. And like, I right. haven't played through that, so the game is not going to feel new. It'll be a different experience with the gameplay. Uh, but it's not going to be wildly different. Um, that's going to be kind of just a nostalgic trip, I think, for both of us in some regard, regardless of how far either one of us have gotten in it. We certainly played it enough where it's not going to be a new, new. Um, Fantasy Star will be totally new. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. But then, then again, like Fantasy Star also, like, RPGs are a different. Yeah, I have, no, I have no idea how exactly we'll do it. I was or, wondering, like, would it be a thing where we do like over a month like we, we do two episodes and we like we do like basically two weeks from now we would like check in like where are you at you know and like what's your experience so far like how would we even um, do or, or we could hold ourselves to the standard that you fucking you know in two weeks we're reviewing the shit and that is what it is yeah um which we is also... so not fair to RPGs. Like, <laughs> no it's to not. get fucking two hours into a 50 hour experience and be like this sucks yeah. Well, you're in the tutorial, you idiot. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could just we could we just fucking play it and you know document that experience, and then uh, you know a week and a half out from now decide how we, we are going to approach that. You know. Right. I mean, it's, we're doing whatever we want here, dude. We fucking if we decide we want to split it up into two episodes and push off the magazine episode for another fucking episode, then fuck it. That's what we'll do. Right. <laughs> um. Well, so we're basically between Double Dragon and Fantasy Star, then. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll trust your opinion on uh, Syndrome. Uh, I don't think I want to play Double Dragon, and I've played it so much when I was young, really? or two at least. I. I, I I know what we're getting, which I guess I that's not the point to like, or correct me if I'm wrong. The point is not to play a game for like a n- new experience, right? It's just to play whatever. Not necessarily, yeah. I mean, that's right. not a that's not a requirement for our. our, our... <sighs> I can't play Double Dragon, man. I can't do it. Okay, all right. Fantasy Star. I don't like I said. I I don't. Uh, I I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't have a strong argument against it. So. Right. 
Fancy Star it is. That's what we'll be playing next. And we will see how that uh, plays out as far as the nuts and bolts of, of uh, its application in this podcast setting. <laughs> right. All right. So that's what we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the meantime, you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, probably some other fucking places, as I've said a million times. Uh, please rate and review and leave uh, hopefully positive shit about the pod on whatever platform you listen to it on. If you enjoy what we're doing here, you can follow the pod on Facebook. You can email us at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can... Poke onto YouTube for our my gameplay videos uh, at youtube.com forward slash Josh Folan. There's our Discord. Uh, it's pretty, I haven't checked it in a while, but I think it's pretty dormant. <laughs> uh, the uh, Jab, what are your socials? No. <laughs> uh, my socials are Twitter at Josh Folan, uh, Instagram at my shift key is broke. And until next time, okay, bye. See you. 